0: Superman 2, the adventure continues with the three villains from Krypton, each one with the same powers as Superman, each one dedicated to violence against mankind. Think of it, three super villains, or four if you count him twice. The adventure continues in Paris with Lois Lane.
1: i believe this is your floor
0: and the romance continues the adventure continues in washington the world is on the brink of destruction superman can you hear me and metropolis
1: is in ruins Is there no one on this planet to even challenge me? Superman! General, would you care to
0: step outside? Uh-huh. Revenge. Revenge. Revenge! know <laughs> we're cooking, huh?
1: Everyone's just as strong as Superman.
0: If you've only seen the first part, you haven't seen the best part. The adventure continues in Superman 2. The Man of Scream.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 129 of the Man of Screen podcast. I am your host, Mike Zumo, and this week I'm going to begin my two-episode coverage of Superman 2, the 1980-slash-1981 feature film starring Christopher Reeve as the Man of Steel, and I will have two guests joining me a little bit later on that you will remember from my Superman the Movie coverage. I'll be talking about the theatrical cut this week and next week the Donner Cut, and I'll be joined... In this episode by Brian Hughes, one of my co-hosts on the Fear the Walking Dead cast, and Gene Hendricks, the uh, keeper of the uh, Two Two Freaks Twitter account, and uh, most notably the author of the uh, Hammer Strikes blog. They'll both be uh, joining me a little bit later on to talk about Superman 2. And I had decided after the long coverage of of Superman in the movie that the subsequent sequels We're not going to get the same treatment. For one thing, I don't think I had it in me to do another five or six episode extravaganza (laughs) featuring Superman 2. And to be honest, there are dwindling returns as you kind of uh, head down the uh, Christopher Reeve sequels. Make no mistake, I love Superman 2. It's been my favorite Superman movie for a long time. I think in recent years, the first film has kind of eclipsed it. And I do believe some of the drama that was involved with Superman 2, which resulted in the two cuts, the theatrical and the Donner, version, have kind of knocked this particular film standing down a few pegs, even though the theatrical cut of this movie is, to me, and will always be Superman 2, the Donner cut, as I'm going to discuss next week with a couple of guests, is always going to be a curiosity, a look at what may have been, and not really a concrete, this is what it would have looked like, interpretation of an unfinished film, so... Before I get to my Superman 2 coverage, I have feedback to address, and my feedback is from Dave McElvenny, and Dave is writing in on Man of Screen episode 118, the fourth of six episodes on Superman in the movie, and what do you know, he's commenting on an episode that Gene Hendrix was a part of, so there we go. So, Dave writes... Greetings Mike, and Gene Hendricks, and Scott Gardner. Another great episode in Superman the Movie Month. I love that you talked with each of your guest hosts throughout the month about their first encounter with the movie. And I love hearing each person's story. It's wonderful hearing the tremendous affection you all have for the movie. This last part of the movie is really so action-packed that it's certainly thrilling to watch, with several memorable moments. For myself, I remember the shock when Lois died. It was a stunning moment to see a major character in Superman's life die. Then, to see Superman go back in time to save her was thrilling. I had no trouble understanding the reverse spinning earth effect as Superman's point of view as he traveled back in time, but I was an adult at the time. I also enjoyed the discussion of John Williams' brilliant score for the movie. I think that score is a very large part of what makes the movie truly classic and wonderful. I was surprised to hear that Williams doesn't necessarily think as highly of this score as most fans do. I know how much you've been looking forward to covering this movie, and I have to say that you should be proud of your coverage over this series of episodes. It has been excellent, and I thank you for it. Live long and prosper. Dave. Well, as always, uh, thank you, Dave, for writing in. And I really don't have a ton to add to uh, what Dave wrote in. But, you know, as far as Dave uh, understanding the uh, reverse spinning earth effect and being that he was an adult at the time, well, I have news for Dave. I think even some adults have trouble with the uh, reverse spinning earth effect. Just saying, I'm going to reiterate, he is not turning the world backwards. He simply went back in time. But other than that, you know, I really don't have uh, anything further to say regarding Dave's letter. As for Dave's comment, that I should be proud of the coverage over the uh, series of episodes. And to be honest, I'm not going to judge whether it has been excellent or not. That is for the listeners to decide. But looking back on everything from episode 115 to episode 120, I am very proud of uh, those series of episodes. I think they came out well, including the uh, kind of addendum after my daughter Haley and I saw the uh, 40th anniversary showing of the film uh, in December. So as always, thank you, Dave, for writing in you have uh, anything uh, you want to add to the conversation, man the screen at gmail.com. So, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take a quick break, play a podcast promo, and then I'm going to come back and I'll talk a little bit about the uh, background for uh, Superman 2. Hang around, folks. Love him or hate him, everybody's got
3: something to say about John Byrne.
4: He ruined the X-Men when he left.
1: That John Byrne, he's a sexist pig.
4: The only thing bigger than John Byrne's ego is. wait, there isn't anything bigger than John Byrne's ego.
2: John Byrne, oh,
0: he he just draws the greatest butt on Superman.
1: It looks so good.
0: John Byrne is the greatest artist I've ever seen. Wait, who is he?
2: John Byrne's 1986 Man of Steel series gave us the core reimagining of Superman that is still with
4: us today.
3: Third degree Byrne. A podcast about all things John Byrne the good, the bad, and the legendary. Join Tim Elliott and Brian Hughes as they look over the nearly five decades' body of work of one of the most influential comic book creators in the last 50 years. Their degree, Byrne, can be found at 2TrueFreaks.com and on iTunes.
0: I've got a question, though. I just am curious. Why doesn't Green Lantern have any junk? The sky is red. I don't
2: Right, welcome back folks. Just a little bit of uh, background on uh, Superman 2. It first some vital statistics. It had an original release date. It was first released in Australia. On uh, December 4th, 1980, the uh, release dates were uh, staggered. I guess to maximize profits or what or something. But I'm not exactly sure what the reasoning for releasing it first in Australia was. But the reason why this film sometimes gets the 1980 release date is because it was originally released December 4th, 1980 in Australia. Which also would make this the, even the 1981 date does, make this the first Superman movie released in my lifetime. As I was less than a month old when it was released in Australia. So there's that. It had a UK release date of April 9th, 1981. I mentioned that for our UK listeners of which there are probably at least a few. And the film had a U.S. release date of June 19, 1981. The cast getting top billing this time around with Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor, Christopher Reeve as, as Superman and Clark Kent, Ned Beatty as Otis, and as far as everybody after Christopher Reeve, the casting is not a matter of how important they are to the film. It is alphabetical. So like I said, Ned Beatty as Otis, Jackie Cooper as Perry White, Sarah Douglas as Ursa, Margot Kidder as Lois Lane, Jack Halloran as Non, Valerie Perrine as Eve Tesmacher, and Susanna York as Lara, with Clifton James as the Sheriff, E.G. Marshall as the President, Mark McClure as Jimmy Olsen, Terrence Stamp as General Zod, and Luayne Willoughby as Louane. And the film was directed by Richard Lester. Lester is credited with directing this entire movie, but he directed at least 51% of it, so Richard Donner would not have to get director's credit under Directors Guild of America Rules. The writing credits go, story by Mario Puzo, and the screenplay was by Mario Puzo, David Newman, and Leslie Newman. And much to my surprise, uh, as I was watching the credits to this film, Tom Mankiewicz retains the executive consultant credit that he got in Superman the movie. Even though Richard Donner came back and was not credited, Mankiewicz was. Now, a little bit on the uh, background of uh, this film. In 1977, the uh, Salkinds, the producers, uh, decided to film both this and the first film simultaneously. and uh, with principal photography going from March 77 to October 78. However, uh, the deadline for the first film was December of 78. That was the release date. And they decided to finish filming the first and then come come back to it later. Now, there were reports of tensions on the set between Richard Donner and the producers, the Salkinds, and, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the next segment, is when it came time to come back for Superman 2, of which Donner had, had already shot about 75... Uh, percent of it. The Salkinds say they offered to have Donner come back, but they said Donner told them that he, he would come back only so long as Pierre Spengler, one of the producers, was not on the set. Obviously, with closer ties to the Kines, Spengler stayed, and Donner went. And then there were other issues. Uh, two days after the first film's release, Marlon Brando sued the Salkinds for $50 million, claiming that he had never received his percentage of the film's gross and filed a restraining order to uh, prevent the use of his likeness in the second film. I'm not sure how he could uh, claim his percentages two days after release, but there it is. The restraining order was thrown out, but Brando did re- receive $15 million from the settlement. And following that, the producers Alexander and Ilyas Salkind announced that Brando's completed scenes for Superman 2 would be cut from the film in order to avoid having to pay him the uh, roughly 12% of the gross U.S. box office takings he was demanding for the sequel. And that is how Lara ends up in the film, as opposed to jor And, uh, while, uh, the Salkinds of initially, uh, approached Guy Hamilton to, t- to uh, direct Superman 2, however, Hamilton was unavailable, and, uh, at that point, Lester, uh, was hired to film Superman 2. And, uh, Donner recalls that he got a telegram from them, according to reports, saying his services are no longer needed and that Richard Lester would take over. And he said to this day he had never heard from them, so apparently Donner says he was fired by telegram, which could be possible. Now, that did send some shockwaves throughout the set, as uh, Tom Mankiewicz declined to return out of loyalty to Donner, and editor Stuart Baird also declined uh, to return for the sequel. And Gene Hackman didn't didn't come back for uh, reshoots uh, either, so basically... Every shot you see of Lex Luthor in Superman 2 was filmed by Richard Donner. So there is Donner footage remaining in the film. A lot of it, actually. David and Leslie Newman came in to retool the script, which added the Eiffel Tower scene and uh, and Clark rescuing Lois at Niagara Falls after she uh, throws herself in, in the water to prove his identity. And it is the Newmans that decided to bring in the controversial... Supercast that causes Lois to forget Superman's secret identity. So, after they brought the actors back, you even had trouble getting Christopher Reeve back, but uh, in March 79, the Salkine sued Reeve, alleging he had breached his contract by walking off the sequel. And uh, furthermore, Reeve had some reservations about the uh, new script, and uh, he only agreed to return after uh, some better financials and uh, some artistic control. So, after the film was uh, released... Warner Brothers appeal to the Directors Guild of America to assign the appropriate code director credit to, uh, for Donner, which they argued Lester cannot be credited unless he shot 40% of the film. And apparently Lester approached Donner to see if he wished to be credited as a co-director, in which Donner replied, I don't share credit. And in that case, I'm not sure I blame him. So There's that. That's kind of a very rough background, a very rudimentary background into the, uh, some of the drama about Superman 2. We'll discuss more of that in the uh, next segment, in which I'm going to take another podcast promo break. And then I'm going to come back, and I'll be joined by Brian Hughes and Gene Hendricks to discuss the theatrical cut of Superman 2. Hang around, folks.
4: Star Trek. Comic books. Mythology. Video games. Toys. Star Wars. Just about any geeky topic you can think of could be covered on The Hammer Podcast, presented by Two True Freaks. Come join me, Gene Hendricks, for whatever my disjointed mental processes can come up with. And be careful, or you might just learn something before we're done. The Hammer Podcast is available monthly, both on its own iTunes feed and at twotruefreaks.com.
2: All right. Uh, welcome back, folks. Uh, I've got uh, Gene Hendricks and uh, Brian Hughes with me tonight, and we're going to be discussing the uh, theatrical cut of Superman 2. Uh, so, for first I'll have my guests say hello.
4: Hello, Planet Houston. <laughs> hello.
2: Hello, hello, hello. I'm, broadcast, <laughs>
3: I'm broadcasting from East Houston, Idaho this evening. <laughs> now, before we even get started, i got to ask you guys, um, how did you watch it in preparation for this? On my television. Yeah.
0: I mean, oh, wow. <laughs> hey. Ah, well, I mean, it's
3: funny you say that because I actually watched it on my laptop. Right. Uh, but the, the thing that I thought was funny is that in you know getting ready for this, I was going to go ahead and watch Superman the movie. And I wanted to watch the, the extended cut of Superman, the, the one with all the, the TV cuts in and everything, before I watched Superman 2. And I found that uh, Amazon Prime uh, it does not have it available to playback, nor do they have any of the other, except for, I think the, the original Superman, the movie two, three Wait, and four. What, what do you mean to purchase to play, uh, to, to stream to stream and so i looked at the dc universe my wife bought me dc universe for a year for my birthday it just has the first just has the theatrical cut just the theatrical cut of the first one one. Two, three, and four are not available there they, they used to be i don't know what they, happened they took it down like a month ago and people were raising all sorts of holy heck but you know the thing i ran into is like wait a minute so where am i going to get this now i've got you know access to hulu netflix and you know you know, virtually anything else uh, outside of having to pay five bucks to stream it on direct tv or on youtube right i was gonna have to find a copy that i had here Now i don't actually have it on blu-ray i realized i only had it on dvd and so that's how i watched it but i was like what's going on that they don't want you know don't have it available for people to to get on the on any of the various forms of uh, streaming uh, apps Hey everybody,
2: Mike here, just uh, cutting in for a minute. At the time this episode was recorded, Superman's 2, 3, and 4 had been removed from the DC Universe app for whatever reason. As of May 1st or 2nd, 2019, they were back. So, on the day this episode is released, Superman 2 is available on the DC Universe app, and uh, you can go and check the movie out there. Now, back to the show. Well, one of the things... And I guess I'll get into this now... One of the issues I've been having with, and it's not with this film, it's the way this film is handled by Warner Brothers, is that it seems as though since 2006, the Donner Cut has supplanted this, the mm. theatrical cut, which to me is really unfair because for 30 years, this has been more than that, almost 40 years now, but 38 years, this has been Superman 2, and this is still Superman 2. Yes. So,
3: I if you look to at do. the bundles,
2: yeah. uh, I'll because I, I don't have these movies digitally and I want to buy them digitally, you know, for the eventual day where my blue Blu-rays wear out
5: mm-hmm.
2: or something doesn't want to play them anymore because most of the bundles have the four Reeve movies and Superman Returns. Right. And the version of you know, superman 2 they have is the Donner cut which is crazy hmm.
3: yeah now I, I wanted sense. to get
2: the this cut well, I'd
3: have to buy it separately uh, I wonder though if that's got a lot to do with you know just all the stuff the Salkinds did and with Richard Lester and you know just putting superman and superman 2 together cuz they filmed it as one movie right so they could get away with a lot of stuff mm. so that's why uh, Hollywood's got like a Salkind rule on on movie making now so you can't do that anymore cuz they did it with the the three musketeers Right. And then they did it with Superman Superman 2. And then they you know conspiring, you know Donner during the middle of all that makes a lot of things difficult as far as residuals, you know paying back especially after all these years. Right. So I'm betting it's got something to do with that. The Donner cut everything is much more streamlined in who gets paid for what. Mm.
2: And so it and, makes and sense I'm why that would they, be on bought, the they bought all the rights outright. Yeah, it was
3: easier to negotiate now because there's you know a lot of things are, are, are more handily cut. I mean, you know, it's like when you're looking at, at uh, people trying to get likeness rights from characters for old Star Trek episodes. It's really hard for for some of them. You can't get like Harry Mudd, Roger Carmel. You right. cannot get right, likeness rights for him. He died, right. you know, in, in mid '80s, and there just wasn't any, any kind of contractual, you know workings for that back then and he doesn't have
4: any surviving family that they can mm -hmm. go to and ask
3: and it makes it it, to me it makes it seem like well then he's public domain but no they can't you can't get the rights you see i think that's why dc has never put out you know kind of a
2: a digital comic superman 55 based on george reeves because mm -hmm. i don't know who owns george reeves likeness or how they'd get it
4: yeah that's a tough legal question yeah and that's probably a really good reason behind why you're not seeing a lot of stuff. Also, um, like, we never got an adaption of Superman the movie because they would have to cut back to Mario Puzo. Right. Right.
2: And as far as George Reeves go, if you guys remember that little an- two-minute animation they did on the 75th anniversary, mm-hmm. they had something that evoked jo- the George Reeves Superman but that face was not George Reeves, right? I do remember that. So yeah, I, I wonder if there's an issue where they can't use his.
3: Well, and you, if you remember when they put Hollywoodland out uh, in the movies and they're showing it on the trailers, whenever they showed Ben Affleck like in the Superman costume, they would fuzz out the S. They couldn't even show it on on the on the trailers in the previews. I, there's a lot of crazy stuff in in, in all that. It's just nuts. So. Yeah, I, I mean I I don't know what yeah. we conclude with that, but at least it's it's rather interesting. But you know, I, it it raises some questions. Why can't we get these things as easily as we should? Now, is, if big, you can bu- if you can bundle the first movie, the
2: third and the fourth, why can't you bundle the original version of the second one as well? It just un- unless there's a conscious
3: effort now to kind of suppress the original version. Uh, yeah. I'll be honest. I'll bet you anything. It is simply cheaper to put the Donner cut in there.
2: Well, either way, as far as how I watch mm. it, I have the. Uh, one of one of the Blu-ray sets. I don't. I I didn't get the uh, Super Duper Mega Blu-ray set, but I have the one with the four Reeves movies. It has the theatrical cut of of the first movie and the director's cut, the two cuts of Superman two, theatrical and Donner three, four, and Superman Returns. So I watched that
4: Blu-ray. I I did what Brian did. I went and got my DVD out because I have the the DVD set from years ago that was the theatrical and director's cut of Superman the movie two, three, and four
2: hmm Yeah, I had that one. Yeah. Is that the uh, the little blue snap case?
4: I don't know. I don't have any DVD cases anymore. All mine are in uh, flip binders. Yeah. yeah it just it, it, it's just so much easier to store them that way.
3: Yes, and save so much space. I was worried with mine, though, because my son, you know, he had, at one point had gone on this, like, Superman tear, where for about six months, all he was watching was, Were those all those Superman movies on on the DVD? And so Mm. they'd be laying, you know, in his room in front of his uh, DVD player. And I'm just like, oh god, the discs themselves, not in any kind of protection or whatnot,
4: just thrown on the floor. I'm done with this. Yeah. yeah,
3: (laughs) So I, I, you know, it's like I. We put it back into the folder at some point a couple years ago, and I pulled it out today, and I'm just looking at it going, Is this going to play? <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I didn't have a single issue with it. It played all the way through. And yeah, you know, I mean, I actually finished it just like right there before you came on. So, uh, and that, that's that's an actual uh, accomplishment in my house because someone's always asking me for something. So it's like it takes me about four to six hours to get through a two hour movie. Oh,
2: yeah, wow. that, it takes me that long too, but I that's usually because I fall asleep.
4: now luckily we all watched it together Kira was playing with her Legos so she was only half watching the movie and then Michelle and I were watching it pointing out different things like how you can tell precisely which scenes Richard Donner directed by Margot Kidder's hair length (laughs) yeah there's a lot of that yeah, <laughs> it's just, but it's it's so obvious, you know, it's like, hey, her hair just grew six inches, <laughs> what, what's going on here? And she gained 15 pounds.
3: Yeah, someone need to give her a sandwich during some of those scenes, that's for sure.
4: Oh, yeah, especially the ones where she's in, in her office talking to Clark, it's, she, she looks anorexic in those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those were
2: those are Lester's those are Lester shots. She was yeah. skinnier during uh during the Lester shoot.
3: Wasn't she filming like Amityville or something at that time? I don't she was really tiny for that movie.
4: I don't know. Ah. Anyway. But I do remember Reeve, Christopher
2: Reeve was like right off somewhere in time when they shot the Lester version of Superman, too. Alright. So as uh, we've alluded or maybe we alluded to this before we started recording. This film was kind of filmed twice. <laughs> yes. Some of it was uh, filmed with uh, Richard Donner during the uh, production of the first film. Somebody decided that they needed to finish the first one. Wise choice, because deadline was looming. I guess better to have one finished movie than two half-finished movies. hmm So uh, they decided to go shoot the first one. As we all know, it was a big success. Made Warner Brothers and the Salt Salkines lots of money. And there is some controversy regarding what went down between uh, Superman the movie and coming out and them coming back to finish Superman 2. As as always, there are competing stories out there. The Salkinds say they uh, did offer Donner the chance to come come back. He said he would not come back if Pierre Spengler was still producing. They must have they had some issues. Donner's, uh, and I wanted to look look this up more, because there was some story about Donner being on the toilet and getting a telegram from the Salkinds. I don't remember if that was when he got the job for the first movie or when they told him his services were no longer required.
4: I believe that's when he got the job for the first movie because he, I think yeah. he mentioned that in his interview with uh, Rob and Chris over on Superman Movie Minute.
3: Right, oh, I yeah. knew the
2: toilet was involved
3: in something. But well, how does the telegram delivery guy get to his bathroom? That's what I want to know. Well, maybe somebody <laughs> delivered it
4: to his house, or somebody else was in his house yeah, and I, under his door. I think he he had a phone in the bathroom. Ah, so he got the call and he wrote everything down on a piece of toilet paper. <laughs>
2: So anyway uh now obviously I'm sure there's probably a little bit of truth on both sides. I'm his uh, I'm sure he got his you are your services are no longer required after he refused to come back. So, you know, as Babylon 5 fans, uh on, no uh, understanding is a three-edged sword. <laughs> yeah. So, well either way, uh Donner, uh did not come back, sending up a whole kind of uh, basically shitstorm to uh to go with it. Uh Gene Hackman refused to come back when Donna was fired. So, any shots you see of Superman 2? Of Gene Hackman, where you can look at the film and say, that's Gene Hackman. But those are all shot by Donner. Hmm. And Lester used a stand-in. If you'll notice, there are a lot of shots at the back of Luthor's head in this movie. Yes. That's a stand-in. And all those silly scenes in The Fortress where Lex is just falling for no apparent reason. Or waving
3: his hands up his fist up in
2: the air. Yeah. yeah. Huh? You ever heard of a parachute? <laughs> you know, and I was thinking as I was watching this movie, you know, Gene, Gene Hackman's Lex gets so... A bunch of flack for being comedic and... For some reason, the first movie is to blame for that. A lot of people can. I wonder if this movie is more to blame for the uh, re- for that reputation than the first one.
4: Well, Probably, yeah. Because yeah. He, he's on the back foot a lot here between being in prison, going, you know, having to deal with uh, using a hot air balloon to get to the North Pole. Don't I don't know how that works. It's and
3: lovely. yeah. <laughs> well, well, how do you escape from prison in a hot air balloon, and they not eventually? How do you control the direction you're going? (laughs) That's why he picked that day, because the wind was blowing north.
2: (laughs) The greatest criminal mind of our time has uh, control over the
4: wind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's part of his little black box. Exactly. (laughs) But then as soon as he shows up in the White House, he's in Otis's place. Right. He's, He's the toady. He's trying to get, you know get something going here but they're constantly slapping him around right so it so he gets a lot more broad in the second half of the movie and then you have to stand in doing the pantomime
3: do you think david spade used him as his guide for making his role in coneheads you don't even know what i'm talking about there do you
4: (laughs) i haven't seen coneheads in In a long years
3: (laughs) david David Spade spade was michael mckean's um Toady, It was always, you know, handing stuff. He wouldn't let anybody talk to him. It's like, you know, he's his gatekeeper. He's the the guy licking his boots and kissing his ass everywhere. And that's what Lex Luthor is trying to be. Oh, Magnificent One. Mm. Oh, Your Grace. You know, whatever he would say. It's just, it it made me think of that. Hmm. Well, he's trying to survive. Right. And
2: he's trying to manipulate the situation for himself as best as he can.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. He's
2: a bootlicker right
3: there. He, uh-huh. he does as he has to do. And he's right. thinking, where did Miss Tessmacher throw that kryptonite?
2: Up. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,
3: all right. So so anything we see of Hackman is Donner footage. Now, and... l- l- let me ask you, because I'm, I'm not as educated on this as you guys are. All the Paris stuff, that's Lester, right? That's Lester, yes. Okay. Uh, I got to say, though, uh, as far as all that goes the guys playing the terrorists in there the ones handling the bomb they really seem to be I, I, and i don't know i don't know if the, the right word would be fully formed characters but they re, there really seem to be a lot of thought into their characters because they weren't just you know average kind of you know terrorists you got the one guy sitting there talking to everybody like they're stupid and then of course you've got the actual technician you know it's not the bomb Mm. that rules me it's me that rules the bomber right and i I, I, for some reason i especially watching it this time i was like man i want to know a little bit more about these guys i mean i I didn't think that before but as i was giving a more critical eye it just seemed like a lot of thought went into it i could be wrong there
4: well also i think a lot of the lester scenes you have background characters that are fully formed Mm-hmm. Uh, the stuff at Niagara Falls comes comes to mind. With See, the, I don't know uh, who
2: shot the stuff at Niagara Falls. Well, or was it a mix? I think it was.
4: I think it was a mix. I'm thinking more of the actual uh, scenes in the hotel. Yeah, that's all, Lester. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you have the the bellhop with yeah. you know his yeah. smarm and and yeah. everything, <laughs> exact word I was going to use. <laughs> and I love Christopher Reeves. Uh, Facial expressions. Is this your first time here together, anyway? And <laughs> the creep just gives him this this look, like, yeah, I have heat vision, and I will use it.
2: You know, I think you know, I did something I thought of for the first time watching watch this the other night is I think Lester treats Clark a little bit better than Donner does because well, Clark well, seems a little more competent in, mm. in two and three than he does in the first one.
3: But well, I mean, in in four, you know, he's he's a, a Daily Planet god at that point, right? Mm. So yeah no yeah I, I, I think you you're, you're right in that regard is that I mean you know, I think rich that Lester gets a lot of he gets the bad press he does, and I don't he, think he deserves it well, I mean if, you know the, the when you get into the slapstick stuff and I'm talking about the whole blowdown scene right mm-hmm. the ice cream the ru- the the wig and the the laughing guy on the telephone and all that you know you're just kind of yeah yeah, after a while you're just kind of rolling your eyes. You know, you you watch that scene the first time, and okay, it's good for a laugh, but... Oh, at five years old, I uh, four oh. or five years old, I ate that stuff up. It was yeah. hilarious
4: at that point, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: But again, when they when they put that movie back together then, they didn't think that everybody was going to be watching them over and over and over and giving them that much scrutiny. They didn't count on us, did they?
4: Yeah, oh, no. and and really, if you look at it, the whole... You see four deaths in the movie. Mm-hmm. The, the Kryptonian guard at the very beginning right and the three astronauts no one else really dies because I, even the um the guy that they had in the in the town the the kid's father right Zod had him up 30 feet in the air lets him go. And he's
3: fine. Now let he, me let me ask you this in the in the Donner the floor cut. Had some give. In in the Donner cut, do they kill the kid? No you don't see much of the kid in the Donner cut. Yeah, and in the, the director's in the, cut or the, the extended
2: don- cut, they kill the kid. Don- in the Donner cut, all yeah. of the uh East Houston, Idaho stuff is drastically cut down. Oh. Yeah. They use just enough Lester stuff to make the movie work, and that's about it.
3: But see, I, I just remember in, in I guess it was the one that was on TV where the kid is riding off on his bicycle and non throws the uh, the police light at him,
5: yeah,
3: or oh. something at him and he kills the kid and they said he's just a boy and is and like boy He'll they'll never be a, man, man, man. a yeah. man, or something like that.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: and I just I, you know it's like I sit sitting there and I go oh I didn't see it this time they oh that's right that must have been the the other cut.
1: No one may leave without my permission. I said no one leaves. He was only a boy. Who
0: will never become a
3: man. But yeah, and then you got to also remember that there definitely had to be some guys at the White House. You
4: would think so. I mean, uh, Ursa threw the one guy up through the skylight. Yeah, right. But, you
2: don't see it in this version of the movie, but Zod is very gleeful
3: with that with that uh with that gun, gun. gun. Yeah, yeah. He pulled. But, yeah, he pulled that start using it.
4: But so yeah, so I mean, if you're looking at just the theatrical cut, this is a much lighter movie. This is yes. this is yes. definitely aimed towards children. <laughs>
3: But then that that does bring up the question, um, and this is something that's become a, a little bit of argument over the last couple years. And I, I, I don't understand why people argue. It. To me, it just doesn't seem to be that way. But at the end in the fortress, as they're throwing Zod and Non falls and then Ursa gets punched in there by Lois and they go down into the marshmallow fluff, mm. you know, did they die? Is that where they die? Cause I always believe they did. See, I, I always saw it that way. <laughs>
4: I, I always thought that it was a portal to the Phantom Zone.
3: Or he yeah, sent one of those back two to the things. Phantom Zone. And of course if you watch the T V version, the police take them away. Mm. But that's that's on the on the T V version. But again, you know, the, the when I saw it in the theater, I said, No, no, he just that's his way of like putting him in a cell or something until he can put him back in the Phantom Zone or whatever. I never for a moment thought he killed him because in my mind, Superman didn't kill. Right. Not until uh Henry Cavill. He didn't have pit stains either, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the audition. No, he has a huge pit stain when he lifts that over his head. Oh, really? Well, I mean, I'd be sweating then, too. Hey, Lois well, was, Lo, how's Lois he gonna was warm that? enough without a coat, so. <laughs>
4: yeah,
2: yeah? But how's he going to get that cleaned? Lois was warm enough without a lot less than a coat. I
3: uh, I mean, does, does Superman have a dry cleaner? I think he got destroyed with the the other parts of the fortress. But
4: yeah, that crystal's gone. Yeah, yeah.
3: the dry cleaning crystal has uh
2: is gone. Yeah, only the green one is left. He's gonna have to fly through the sun, isn't he?
4: Now, I don't. I haven't seen um three and four in quite a while. But we don't. We do not go back to the fortress in those. Correct. We go back to the fortress in four. In four, okay, because. I always thought he used up the green crystal to get
3: his powers back.
2: There was a green crystal in four. It's unclear if this is a new green crystal or if it's a okay. green crystal. But there's a I, green crystal I, in four.
3: I think that you know he was able to repair the fortress enough that he could recreate a crystal. Maybe not the original green crystal,
5: mm-hmm.
3: but uh, I mean all that's there. All of that of Krypton is there. It's not just. You know, he he did learn something in those twelve years. I'm sure he learned how to build the crystals and right. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, you can take these leaps. It's easy to do, especially if, you, if you've if got, you know, writing background or whatever. You can sit there and figure out, well, he could do this. He could do that. And that, that seems to be one of those things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like Luke Skywalker making a, a lightsaber. Yeah. Well, Obi-Wan left him the instructions. Yeah. So presumably, jor
2: left him uh, the instructions,
4: too. Well, it, at least his, uh, his mother did, because she was the archivist of Krypton. Yes.
2: Basically, the planet historian.
4: Yeah. Now, now
2: let me ask
3: you, though. The, the opening sequence. Okay. Let's, uh, the, let's start going through the movie. Yeah, movement. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we 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 all over the place, don't we? Yes. <laughs> okay, so go, go ahead, Mike. Well, uh, well, you say in the opening sequence? So the opening sequence, of course, on Krypton, you see Nan break the the guard's neck and Zod snapping that whatever crystal. That you want. red crystal. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And and then of course, boom! All of a sudden, they're on trial, guilty. You know, and of course, it's done all without Jarrell there. No mention of Jarell, you know, creating the Phantom Zone. No mention of Jarrell being the one that's their jailer. And yet, you hear Zod as the, as the record play, record uh, cases spinning away.
1: You will lie down before me, Jor-El! Both you and them one day, Jor-El! Jor-El!
2: Well, I'm guessing you we're supposed to assume that the voice, we, the disembodied voice we're hearing, is Jarrell. Hmm. The you three criminals have been charged with. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I think we're supposed to that it. it's just.
3: Yeah, I knew they were trying to give you as much of a of a recap without using anything that they couldn't use, and they couldn't use Brando at all for that.
2: Well, they couldn't use Brando's face because if you watch the opening credits, you see Brando's hands a few times, mm-hmm. but you just never see his face. So, yes. yeah, you yeah, see a lot of Lara in the in the opening uh, in the highlights in the opening credits. Yes.
3: yeah, and she's crying too. Whew. The, I could still see that on the DVD. I remember the, the VHS. I couldn't see her crying. <laughs> mm. Well, I watched it a lot as a kid, but uh, anyway, so they go through all that, and it's, it's we, we all left jarred a little bit by that, I mean, and when you initially saw it, because they took Marlon Brando out, and they kind of changed the structure of it without him there, and then, you know, it had me wondering, of course, why are they blaming Jor-El above, you know, any and all others?
2: I mean, at the age that I saw that, I mean, like, like when I told you guys we we'll be the Superman in the movie, this movie... Actually, this was the first Superman movie made in my lifetime, released in my lifetime, a few months after I was born. The
3: earliest release date, I believe, was sometime in late 1980. I was so lucky to be born in 66, 11 years old for Star Star Wars, mm. you know, and then, you know, the year after that, getting Superman. I, I was just at that, at that perfect time, the sweet spot.
2: I mean, I recognized that it was different. It probably annoyed me that it was different, because even at a young age, these things annoyed me. Hey. But mm-hmm. especially when the exact same thing was in the first movie, because I was at a point where I was watching both movies back to back all the time. Yeah, I, I can imagine when this was released in 1980 or here 1981. Probably the last time anybody, a lot of people saw Christopher Reeve's Superman was the, when they saw the first film in the theaters.
4: Yeah. So, well, they, it Wait. probably didn't bother them because they probably didn't, the memory was probably hazy. See, it didn't bother me because the first time I saw either of these was on HBO. Right. Okay. And my my dad had taped them off of HBO and on the tape there were four movies. I only remember the first two because it was Superman and Superman Two. And yeah. any time I watched Superman, I had to just keep going. So it never really it never really bothered me because I had just seen that and this was a Rocky Two style recap. Right. Of what had already happened, so I didn't. That's, uh, that's I didn't like di- that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need it to be exact because it was just okay. I didn't see this part, so that's all new. Oh, this is just a recap of what I've already seen, just like everything through the opening credits.
2: You know, like you see in uh, I, on TV previously on.
4: Exactly.
3: <laughs> see, I was on a family. We were on a family vacation, and we were down. Uh, I want to say near Corpus Christi or somewhere uh, as we're getting ready to go to the beaches and such. And so one night as uh, the evenings, you know, we're we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. Dad says, hey, why don't we go see Superman 2? Because he knows he knew I really wanted to see it. And, you know, my brother, Matt, was really ambivalent about it. My sister, Michelle, was like Christopher Reeve. Oh, yeah." yeah. And so. You know, we go to the movies. My mom stays at the hotel room. She didn't, you know, care for movies like that. And so <laughs> the movie starts and you see all that stuff. And my brother goes, I already saw this movie. <laughs> and he just, he, he wanted to check out. My brother was, you know, football, baseball, and that's about it. You know. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, well, when he saw the uh, the opening. Uh... But, you know,
3: when he saw the opening, he said, I've seen this movie before. Why are we here?
2: <laughs> well, do you remember when we did the Superman 1 coverage? I did put forth the notion that you don't it didn't necessarily need the trial at the beginning of that movie. Although it was ballsy to set up your sequel in the first film,
3: mm-hmm.
2: because yeah. you never see them again in that film. Right. So you kind of needed to do this anyway in the mm-hmm. second film to set up the rest of your story. You could not have this again. True. True.
3: Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there. Um, I, I just it's it's one of those things where you're just like, why can't you guys just get your act together and get the the the, the people so they can show up in all the movies? You wouldn't have to deal with all this crap. And yet egos and everything else just get in the way. And money, money gets in the way too. Yeah, egos yeah. and money and everything. Yeah, <laughs>
2: for sure. Because uh, if they used Brando, he'd have gotten a percentage of of the box office.
3: Oh, heaven forbid! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to make more money. I can't have that.
2: Susanna York was a lot cheaper. Yes, this is true. Well, the I mean, were notorious penny pinchers. Yes. Which, although it's surprising because you know, they had to realize that, you know what, the first film made them a lot of money. Yeah. But wasn't
3: but, Donner pretty much out of the picture before the, the, the sec, you know, basically before they realized how much money it was going to make?
2: Well, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's like I said before, you know, each side have their truth. But after the first movie came out and it was a huge success, because obviously if Superman the movie comes out and flops, they don't come back and finish Superman 2. Mm-hmm. So at least this is what, you know, because I listened to some of the commentary on the, uh, on the I, second I, film, and Miss Allkinds did address this. I, well, Ilya did. I he think as that much as they it, did,
3: though, I'm, I'm sorry, to say, I think as much as they did, it would have been finished on a much lower budget for TV rather than just not stopping altogether, considering how much they'd done. Yeah, but to finish for TV,
2: that's something they did in 1980? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, either way. Well, either way. If there's no way to know
2: what would have happened if the movie was obviously didn't, but at least what Ilya Solkind says on the commentary is that after the film came out they reached out to donner and invited him back and donner says it's either me or pierre spengler which is like me going up to my boss and say i'm not going to work here unless you unless you fire the company vice president (laughs) in that situation who's going to go me or the vp Mm. so which is kind of what happened there that's 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 their that's their side you know i could definitely see a, a reality in which that conversation was had and then they and then they send a note back to Donner either through his agent or through somebody else and says your services are no longer required and then and that's that. So I'm sure there's, there's a, a, probably a little bit of truth and a little bit of untruth on both sides, you know.
5: Right.
2: I'm sure neither side is completely guilty. That's just not the way reality works. So, but either way, they say they offered Donner to come back, but Donner wanted, you know, <laughs> he wanted full creative control and he didn't want Pierre Spangler and uh, Pierre Spangler Speng- stayed and Richard Donner did not. And there's another thing. Ilya Salkind says, and you know, for as much crap as we give the Salkines for all this drama, they produce some of the best Superman content out there. But these first two movies, you know, let to say about the third movie in Supergirl, and they were behind the East Ilya Salkind was. He was behind the Superboy series. So, yes, for all the crap they get, he put out some pretty good Superman related content.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I just want to put that right out there on uh, on front street. So, to speak. so
3: You know, I, I'm not going to argue with that there, you know, in, in any way. As far as what we finally get on screen, you know, it's funny because you know, Superman the movie, the it's got so much, uh, it's so grand, right? You know, and everything about it is grand. The cinematography, the music, John Williams' score, of course, being I mean, one of the it, it all is the greatest. You know, but when you get to Superman two, and then to the Superman three. And then in Superman 4, you can see the steps down that they took in each one. The the orchestration of the music for Superman 2 sounded more like it was done in a, a you know high school gym rather than with a philharmonic orchestra. Right. Well, again, they say they tried to get John Williams
2: back, but I can imagine at this time, John
3: Williams was, pro- was probably hip deep in The Empire Strikes Back.
4: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. And in, in that it's not even, you know, John Williams scoring it, but it's how they recorded the audio, too. It just wasn't as grandiose as, you know, how it was recorded for the first one. Um, yeah, they did not use the London Philharmonic. No I don't, and, I'm not, and so, I mean, you noticed it. It's like that that high school band in Rocky three playing the Rocky, t- you know, t- <laughs> I mean, it's not that bad, but it's obvious that it's not the original. Right. Yeah, it, it is obvious. But at least they went through the effort to keep the theme. Yeah, they, yes. they kept the theme, and, and like in Superman Returns, I think in fact that's a great soundtrack uh, for a Superman movie. This from the, Sup- the the score for Superman Returns, they played. You know, they, they they gave it so much love and attention to the original themes, and yet they were able to add on to it without ruining it. You know, which which score was also really good,
2: despite how bad that movie was. Hmm. Superman Four. That score was really good too.
3: Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm I'm not gonna argue with. that. I mean, the score is not bad on any of them. It's just that you can tell that from the yeah, first def- one down the to quality the other. is definitely a step down. Yeah, and and that's that's where the penny pinching right. does the, does causes the pain. Okay. Okay. So we're mm. through the opening sequence. Yep. So so we go. on... Uh, one thing we'll, we'll the... say
2: about Richard Lester is he knows how to film a short rep.
3: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At all. Yeah. Definitely. You know, I, I got to say also the whole Daily Planet sequence. There as as you follow, it's such a great secret. And, and, and at first, I was wondering, are they doing this in one one shot? But it wasn't one shot. No, it wasn't one yeah. shot. But it had the the tempo of a one shot. Well, you know, Clark walking through the office, trying to talk to everybody, but nobody's really got any time for him. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he gets to Perry, and of course Perry is the one that's going to be captain exposition and give him all the uh, you know all the information about what's going on. So you know what Superman has to do here. I mean, how much how much time though did uh, Jimmy Olsen get on screen this time? Because it seems like he He got that scene, and then he got maybe maybe a little bit
4: a little bit during the battle. Yeah, he was because when Non comes smashing in, he's taking pictures the entire time. But yeah, he he got practically nothing. Yeah, the, the the most memorable portion that I remember is when he's pacing up and down, parallel yeah. to Perry, and then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jackie Cooper stops and looks at him.
2: Right. Probably yeah, the man. most Jimmy has to do is Superman 3.
3: Yeah, that's right, because yeah. he gets uh, the broken leg and all that. And the, and the chemical plant fire.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, with, you only have a two-hour movie. It's hard to find yeah. time for Jimmy. Yeah.
3: This is true' this is true he gets three scenes I think in total but he, what, I mean the thing is the daily planet scene at the very beginning, especially Perry is uh, so consistent with the first movie it is and uh, like I said the tempo feels like a a, a one shot you know like like almost like a tracking cam going through it but they didn't they didn't film it that way and it, I, I'm like man they should have mm-hmm. but that's again that's just an opinion.
2: And the, the the whole sequence with Perry is great, and the whole change sequence is great too. Starting from uh, when he leaves Perry's office, I just love that look of uh, bewilderment on yeah. <laughs> Perry's face as all of a sudden he's gone.
4: Yeah. Well, you just told him to go down to the morgue and look this stuff up. Where do you want him to? You want him to hang around? No, he's yeah, going to. Well, at least you wanted to hang around until. Uh, you're done with the sentence. Until he's, talk, <laughs> until he's talking to. Him.
5: Yeah, it's
2: wait. not Batman disappearing on on Jim Gordon at every opportunity. Well,
4: he did in the first movie. <laughs> Harry's giving him the pep talk, and all of a sudden, oh, he's gone. He he jumped out the window. <laughs> Nobody
3: noticed. <laughs> but yeah, that that is that is one of the single best shirt rips. In, uh, the in whole, all the, the movies, whole, the whole sequence.
4: Oh yeah, you, you know, yep. from,
2: from him leaving the office to going out the door, down the alley, constantly looking.
3: And they're using the same musical cues that they used in the lead up to the helicopter scene.
2: Well, yeah, the, the whole build and the whole and the music built right up until uh...
3: yeah to to, to the rep. That
2: is. Uh, you know, flaw- flawlessly executed.
3: And if I remember right, that that whole sequence of him in the alley, you know, ripping the shirt and then changing and, and flying off, that was actually used in the trailers or at least the TV commercials leading up to it. And, of course, every you know kid like me that was a huge Superman fan just geeked out on
2: that. The problem is once you get past the rip, then it's like, OK, what do you do to get him in, to get the rest of the outfit gone? <laughs>
4: well, he changes
2: so fast you can't see it.
4: It's su- yeah, just, yeah it, super speed. He, all, the whole outfit went to his cape, yeah. yep.
2: and and off he goes for his very long flight to
4: de- flight to Paris. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he, he, had, to- he had he had to get through customs. <laughs> Remember, Superman travels at the speed of plot, right? And the <laughs> plot moved,
2: and the plot moved slow. <laughs> Although, um, my- um, unless of course we got a timey wimey, right? Yeah, where we're seeing what Lois was up to while he's talking to Perry and all that. We're we're at the point it might not necessarily be a linear thing
4: mm-hmm.
2: happening roughly at the same time. So what mm-hmm. do we think of Lois as little mini adventure in Paris?
4: Well, I can tell you that my wife loved the fact that she tricked the cop by making him read the, the, uh, French-English to English dictionary. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, because that that just shows that how clever she is. You know, she is right. able to get past all this stuff. Although Perry didn't tell her what she was going there for. Apparently, well, just, is it hey, that's... go go to Paris at the Eiffel Tower. They got something going on, and she gets ah. her just, uh, an eight well, yeah. bomb. <laughs> how long is this terrorist thing going on?
3: If she's he, no, he I, said I... he sent her the first on the first word. He sent her out. Yeah. I think that was part of her act though because I think that was part of her act just like when when she pulled out the dictionary to, to talk to the one guy no, she, She's knew why she knew actually. play the stupid at. american she knew what was going on because she was talking to the other official right before right. that and she just wanted to appear clueless
2: mhm but how long how long was this going on that she had time to fly from metropolis to paris
3: while this was going on well perry did say he put her on the first Concorde 2 hour flight yeah and, and the thing is you, they had hostages. and mm-hmm. by the time we actually get there, they're actually releasing the hostages. It takes a good while to get that kind of a negotiation going on. So I mean, you're talking hours, a lot of hours. and the, the, like yeah. I say, like you said, the Concorde takes two hours to fly from here to, but I mean, that's what Heathrow. and then you'd have to catch another jet, wouldn't you? Or does it, do they go right to France?
4: I think they had I think they had uh, service to England and service to Paris. Ah, okay. So.
2: Okay, so. She's got a direct flight to Paris.
4: (laughs) On the first Concorde out of Paris, Paris, Perry, so eloquently. (laughs) Which no one nowadays understands.
3: We're getting a new one. It's not a Concorde, but we're getting a new supersonic. Right.
2: Yay! I'm not exactly sure, though, when she gets to the Eiffel Tower, exactly what Lois is trying to accomplish.
4: Uh, Getting herself a leg workout, going up all those
3: stairs. (laughs) Yeah. She spelled it out right there for you. At first it was Pulitzer, but then she was even going Nobel. Yeah. I mean, she's... Yeah, but I don't see how
4: what she's doing is going to get well, her. Well, I think her... I believe her plan was to get up on the elevator... Not get her purse stuck no, in the yeah. house, stuck in whatever it got stuck <laughs> in. And then get off, sneak up, and try and interview the terrorists. but Or the bomb know. itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what Makes Me Tick by Lois Lane. Um, but... <laughs> the french secret service or whatever uh kind of screwed that up by blowing up the elevator cable before she got off
2: okay well let, let's go back let's go back to that that's something i noticed when uh, i thought about for the first time the other night when i watched mm-hmm. did the french pol- or whoever's doing this the police did the french police screw up by cutting the cable when they, they did? didn't know
3: all the because facts that- of the situation if, if they realized how that guy was controlling the bomb there's no way they would have yeah. done that
4: well, there was one line from the observer. They mm. asked him, have they primed the bomb yet? And he said, no, we've been watching him the whole time. Right. So but apparently, apparently they missed something. It yeah, the bomb. With right. Friends. Because they armed it before they got off the elevator.
3: And, you know, I'll tell you, I had a pair of binoculars like Turkey. And those really do have great, great range. You could see as far from where they were. They were a good distance. They would have been able to tell. Yeah, He wasn't close. No, they were not close. And that was one of the things I noticed. So I looked at, at that at the uh, binoculars. Said, "Oh, wait, they got those." And yeah, they're really, really powerful. So that was that was uh interesting to sit there and see that. But yeah, they were I, it was it was something it was a surprise to me to see that because first thing I thought was they're too far away to see that. And then, okay. Oh no no no, those will work.
4: <laughs> so I don't think they screwed up. Yes, but if they were expecting them to take the bomb off the elevator and arm it, then. It, their plan makes sense because they were getting the elevator out of there, separate the terrorists from the bomb, and then they can just right. take the terrorists. Is just the, their timing was wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah. and of course Superman. This when Superman finally arrives, and Lois is awful calm as she's uh, plunging to her
3: <laughs> But if you if you look carefully when it first starts going, you can tell she's actually pressed up against the yeah. bottom of the elevator. I thought that was a really cool effect. That was a very
4: cool effect, but I, I'd i be screaming. Well, she couldn't scream. All the air was pushed out of her lungs.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, so he, he showed up, in the, and oh, he catches the other Oh, Alabama. my gosh.
3: Oh, my gosh. I did not realize what? this. What? What's the that? terrorist that was handling the bomb, the one that says, it's me that controls the bomb, not the bomb that controls me. Do you, yeah. you realize who that was? No. That's Harry Potter's uncle, Dudley. Uh, not, not Dudley, oh Uncle Vernon. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. Richard Griffiths, he uh, the, the late Richard Griffiths. Who he looks so different without the mustache. Years ago, yeah, <laughs> and, and without uh, about two hundred well, pounds. Yeah, yeah. That too. <laughs> I did. I, I mean, I was just looking at IMDb right now to try to see who that was because my first guess was the guy that played Lando Malari on Babylon Five, and uh, no, it's mm. it's uh, it's Richard Griffiths. So that's uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you learn something new every day. IMDb is your friend.
5: Yes. Yeah. It
2: is. You know, and, it, it, well, it would make sense that it was somebody uh, English, because uh, most of this film was filmed in Europe. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, and especially the little Texan boy. Oh, no, I'm sorry, the little Houston, East Houston, Idaho boy. Yeah. <laughs> all all, all yeah,
2: of them. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, he he catches her. Well, he catches the elevator, and uh, as usual, Christopher Reeve is exuding all of his uh, Superman charm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he doesn't seem very worried about the, the bomb at first, but... I like Lois' franticness here. Yeah. Uh huh.
3: Yeah, because well, I mean, Lo- the sense of urgency—that's uh, very yeah. important.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you consider it's supposed to detonate 60 seconds after the elevator started to fall. Right. Yeah, he he's got to get a move on. <laughs> yeah, and he does. Yeah. So he moves so so fast. He goes out beyond the moon.
3: Now, wow. let me ask you though: Was this sequence? Necessary, yes. What do you mean by necessary? Well, yeah, well, I mean, because the bomb had to free the villains. Well, the thing is, if you still could have used the explosion from the first one, he I mean, the, the nuke from the first one he sent out in space. That was Donner's initial intention, I admit. Yes, but I will say
2: this though, and, and I think this goes for any movie where you're going to start with him as an adult, yeah. you need an early Superman set piece. Mm-hmm. I mean. I know uh, Gene hasn't seen the Donner cut, but in the Donner cut, the first time we see Superman is th- is the Niagara Falls. Oh. that's forty five minutes in. That's too long. Yeah, you need to see super you need to see Superman right off the
5: bat.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So,
2: yes, for that reason alone,
3: and, this whole se- and, and I like this sequence too. So yeah, yeah. I, like, I like it too. But it, it, you know, I, I always wondered why did they have to do this when he'd already thrown a, a nuclear weapon up there? You know, from the first movie.
4: Well, two reasons. The
3: one, you need to eliminate the Donner footage
4: to get that's like, one of not them. <laughs> not get credit. And the other reason being that, okay, he threw the nuclear missile out, and then the rest of that movie happened.
3: Yeah, this is true. If
4: if the criminals had been released, they would have made a beeline for Earth, and they would have arrived at some point between the uh, shoring up the San Andreas and Luther going to prison.
2: Right, but also, you know what, The uh, you don't know where that missile hits them. That missile could have just floated on endlessly until it hit them.
4: Yeah.
2: There's, there's nothing in space stopping its moment, forward momentum. Right. So it could have just gone on and on, and, and as long as it didn't hit any other gravity, mm. it could have hit them in, in, in interstellar space, but...
4: Still so a lot to try and explain.
3: It is, but either way... We're, we're lucky know? we got the, the, the Paris sequence. Yes. I mean, that's just... I... I, I
2: looked at the shooting script for Superman Two that Donner, that Donner the Donner Mankowitz did. You see Superman early in the movie, but he's like saving a fox from some English hunters, huh. and he mm-hmm. and he gives some kind and he gives a very heavy-handed anti-hunting speech. I'm like, is that really what I want to see?
3: Yeah.
2: So the uh, Paris sequence is definitely superior to what was initially written. Let's just say that. Agreed. <laughs> and obviously, uh-huh. this they use they use this to free the villain. So, yeah, I, I, I like the opening parasite which brings us to the moon. No,
3: not yet. We're not on the moon yet. Oh, OK.
2: We don't I don't think we go to the moon yet.
3: Well, as soon because as the the bomb detonates and Superman gets blown back by the shockwaves, they then show the you know, the Kryptonian villains getting right. It, it show it yeah. shows them get freed
2: and they just kind of fly toward the solar system. But then we see uh, Lois and Clark in the street. Right. Uh, that's that's
3: where the cab oh, hits right. him.
2: Right where Clark gets run over by Chekhov's taxi, <laughs> which, we, which we see later in the film during the uh, during the yeah. Metropolis brawl.
3: Man, this is gonna be great.
2: <laughs> and did you guys notice the guy shaving outside of Lois's office? Yeah, with an electric razor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even the older guy at NASA was shaving. What is it with people in this movie shaving at work? It's well, placement, I think.
4: <laughs> also, it could be he was there all night. Yeah, you know, he was he was running down a story, and this is the first time he got to shave. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, if I don't get home to shave, I just don't. Yeah, well, <laughs>
4: see, I, I can get away it was, with it with a beard.
3: It was yeah. the beginning of the age of the electric razor too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's it's a sign of convenience. It's you know a sign of that. I, I think it was it was put in there for you know specific reason. Like like you said, the guy at the Daily Planet probably been working all night. The guys at NASA probably working all night. You know. Keeping in contact with these guys, or at least talking about what they're doing with the Russians up there. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what?
2: You know what? You would think they'd have shifts for the guys to watch the computer. Hey, that was Cliff Clavin, man. Yeah.
4: He doesn't yeah, give Cliff, up his shift.
2: Cliff Clavin <laughs> had multiple jobs before he, before he got drunk and uh, wound up at the post office.
4: <laughs> and they, they kicked him out of the military for a reason. Yeah.
2: And now he's <laughs> at the post office in Boston drinking the cheers. Yeah. <laughs>
4: I mentioned that to, to my wife and she just rolled her eyes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we can no prize anything. <laughs> so uh what do you uh so what do we think about the scene with uh, Lois and Clark in Lois's office with well, the, the whole... or, with the, making the orange
3: juice and she's giving him a pep talk and what was the point of him sticking his thumb in the juicer to be a klutz to be yeah. a klutz? Yeah. It, it's, it's part it's all part of the act. It, yeah, but it, that it should have, that should have been it. ow have you ever used one of those? Yeah, she did. I think the sound effect
4: made it sound worse than it was because it looked like he had just closed it down on his finger. He didn't put all his weight on it. But the sound effect makes it sound like it's the same sound effect they use when he crushes Zod's hand later on. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the it, it's setting up the the relationship that they built since the first movie.
2: It looks like they're trying to make Clark more of a character.
4: Yeah, yeah, because up in you know, it, it was a good job of setting up. This is the secret identity. This is why no one can tell them apart, etc. Yeah, you know, uh, and they can. So it, yeah, it, it rounds out Clark a little more, and it lets you see that Lois is actually paying more attention to him now. Before it was just, oh yeah, you're here. Fine, I'll yeah. I don't even I don't even notice when you close your. Uh, when your coat gets closed in the door of the ladies' room. Now but, she's you know, taking time to give yeah. him advice.
3: Right, But at the beginning of the scene, it's funny, you know, because Clark, and she they're on opposite sides of the street, and he goes, hey, Lois! And she just, very New York-like, hey, Clark, and then her face goes right back to the direction she was heading. Mm-hmm. She's just you know, she's in that that New York mode. Right. Don't don't mess with me. I'm I'm, I'm on a mission. Or, well, you know, think
2: he's gonna he's gonna cross the
3: street at the incoming traffic. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. And I got to tell you, I want whatever Taylor he's using because it, those pants it, didn't not, get messed up at all. Not, right. <laughs> well, they're coated totally with that special chemical. <laughs> not even pieces of the
2: taxi in his pants.
4: Right. <laughs> hmm.
2: Which, a taxi which is not repaired later. Which,
4: when you see the damage of it, the radiator is in a V-shape now.
3: How yeah. is this, this thing still running? It's a checker cab, man.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's the second the, indestructible the, thing in New York. <laughs> he, he fixed the
2: radiator, but didn't do the body work. That was too expensive. Right,
5: yeah.
4: yeah.
2: Provided the radiator still fits in that spot
4: now. <laughs> yeah. I probably just soldered up whatever broken tubes he had and just left it in that shape. And okay. The, hey, he's the he's cool not making any money when
2: that, when that thing's not
4: moving. Exactly. Golly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So I think the next thing is I really don't have any notes on it, but is the uh, the prison sequence with uh, Luthor and uh, Otis
4: in the laundry room?
2: (laughs) In the laundry room, basically, kind of reflecting on uh, what what they've been up to since uh, the first film, since we last saw them. For all all Luthor got was life plus twenty five, for which makes me think some time has passed (laughs) Mm -hmm. between the first and the second movie.
4: Oh, it had to, because if you look in their cell later, Luthor's got the ornate bed and everything. So that stuff takes time to to bribe people to get in. He had a very nice cell. Oh, yeah. I mean, this,
2: this version of the movie doesn't really leave anything of note other than the, uh, the, the first mention of the black
3: box. Well, there's and, a, uh, there album, is the Liberace album, which, of course, Rocky, makes you about wonder men- about Luther a little bit. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and uh, apparently the record's got a scratch on it. Yeah, uh, so, so things are not ending well for that guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, but we do know that Otis knows Superman always flies north. Yeah. So I don't know if he found that information out, or if he's just regurgitating what Luthor told him before. Because it sounds like this is new information.
2: Yeah. Or Luthor is uh, having a teaching moment. Maybe. Which has been known to happen. Like, he's trying to get Otis to, you know, think with his brain.
4: Mm.
2: I'm sure Luthor knows that Superman is not going to Lake Placid to ski.
4: Right. (laughs) (laughs) And Otis knows it, too. He just, oh, I got to cheer you up, Mr. Luthor. You sure? (laughs) You sure Otis doesn't actually think think that? Because he, he laughs afterwards. He says it, and then he's got this big grin on his face.
2: He's unsure. I'm unsure, Mr. Luthor. Please don't kill me. Mm. Well, not too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look what happened to him after he screwed up the missile
3: sequences. <laughs> he saw a really long arm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a really black eye. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so now, now we go to the moon, mm. and we
4: are gleefully chatting on the moon. We and they've okay, been there. For, to, they've been there for forty-five days
3: yeah. in that little spaceship. Yeah, I, I know. I don't so, so. Explain to me something here. Wasn't it like Apollo Eleven, like eight days. How is it the Kryptonian villains speak English but not Russian?
2: How do we know? How do we know they're? Uh... Oh yeah, she
3: is. She is communicating with them, isn't she? Yeah, just a man. Mm. You know, I mean, she spoke English, but they 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 didn't pick up Russian while they were up there.
4: Well, they're actually speaking uh, Kryptonese. It just mm-hmm. sounds like English.
3: It's just ah, an exact okay. match, for English. But gotcha, yeah, okay. exactly. I'm gonna shut up now. That I shouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> Kryptonians have the universal translator. Yeah, <laughs> but they didn't. Well, they, understand think... the, they didn't understand the Russian. Well, the translator, they I guess, it can't understand the Slavic languages. Or, or...
4: or Zod understood. Zod has
3: other people <laughs> to learn these things for him.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, Zod just didn't care. <laughs> just... Oh, you're, you're just puny. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick you into space and yank out your umbilical cord.
2: Yeah. Although I do think Nan showed them
4: both up. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> holding the spaceship down as it's trying to take off. <clears throat>
3: that was actually a pretty decent rocket effect too that they did there. I, I, I've never, you know, i would never ever questioned that that's what the guy was doing when he's firing to leave. Right. Yeah. Now the the other effects, like when Ursa, you know, well she, I, I think in one cut she was supposed to have kicked him in the in the testicles and they cut that out, right? Well, close enough. I thought yeah. that's where she did kick him. Yeah, I thought
2: so too. And then he kind of flew off like a football.
3: Yeah. Yeah, but but he, he had that I'm on a wire look, you know, the, the 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 rocking motion, and then finally going. That's one thing we we always saw them on the moon, and of course the the one guy that bounced. I I mean, again, you know, they they were doing what they could with 1980s, you know, practical effects, and they did a pretty darn good job. Yeah. Yeah, they did. But yeah, you know, it's it's also the stuff that makes you you, you know, kind of roll your eyes a little bit today. Mm. but that's just me you see I I don't because I still kind of
2: look at look at these films with the same eyes I looked at them with when I was a kid so a lot of those things I just mm-hmm. kind of forgive
3: I'm trying to do that as I get older but as I get older it becomes harder and harder to do
2: because because the older we get the crankier we yeah true. Mm-hmm. yeah so that, so that's them uh, this is where we get our first uh mention of pla- of a place called
3: Houston <laughs> and then what's what's after that?
2: After that is the escape. Is uh, lights out? Light, lights out of the prison.
3: Right. And the escape. And, and the one of the few appearances of Miss Tessmacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, because like now, as I understand, you know, Gene Hackman, Ned Beatty, Valerie Provine, and mm-hmm. E.G. Marshall, the guy, the president, were the yeah. ones that would not come back and film more. And I don't see there was really a reason to bring E.G. Marshall back. And, yeah. True. Yeah. but... I mean, I mean, the thing is, Miss Tessmacher, you know, the thing is, after they're at the Fortress, she's gone. Well,
4: after they well, go south from the Fortress.
3: We, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll discuss that. Oh, yeah. okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> because there, there is
2: kind of a fanboy conspiracy theory about Miss Tessmacher.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, just fanboy upsetness that, that she was having to wear all heavy, thick clothing.
2: Nothing. <laughs> oh, failing, no. uh, ba- basically, basically, the conspiracy theory is that she did not come back from the North.
3: Uh, as part of her
2: punishment for well, what she did in the first film,
4: she at least came back from the fortress because she drove the snowmobile back. Mm-hmm. So the
2: theory is there came a point where she was no longer useful yeah. to Lex, mm. and he took care of her. Mm-hmm. That is one theory that she did not. That's listen, a
4: possibility, to I suppose. Yeah, mm. I mean, he was going
2: to feed it to the lion.
4: True. I would, see. I always took that scene as being alligators. Well,
2: whatever, whatever it was.
4: Yeah,
2: <laughs> whatever it was, he was going to feed. He was going to them. right.
3: I seem to remember reading somewhere it was lions. But, okay. But, yeah, I'm just they thinking... Sounded like, they sounded like some kind of cat.
4: Mm. See, I was just thinking they're all that distance under the city. What's normally considered down there in the sewers? Alligators. 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 Yep. <sighs> Easy to find. <laughs> yeah.
2: hmm. Okay, but Miss Tessmacher does aid in their escape. It is an open question as to whether or not Otis was invited along, but they do kick the ladder off from under him because he's too heavy.
4: Yeah. Well, yeah, they they
2: told they both told him to climb up and I'm sure that at least miss was, was
4: genuine yeah and when you know it's obvious that apparently they didn't have anywhere near enough lift <laughs> yeah. no like just, just drop the Lex bat, just kicked, solved the problem bust. and they just kind of float away into the night because there's no way they could the the authorities could catch up to them in their hot air balloon <laughs> yeah they're, they're jet because there's so
2: many hot air balloons flying over metropolis at this time of night
4: yeah yeah <laughs> well you know the police blimp was in the shop that day <laughs> it
2: was covering the ball game <laughs> Be- because that guard was watching was watching some kind of ball game yeah mm-hmm. because he and uh, the guy on the spotlight were more interested in that than what was going on
4: in the courtyard yeah the spot the spotlight guy he was just shining the light around while watching the television and at right. one at point first, at telling the other happened, guy hey put your feet down i can't see yeah, yeah because at first I, I
2: thought he was he was tapping the glass because he saw something. But no, he was tapping because he couldn't see the TV.
3: Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, otherwise they would have seen Lex's head with right. the rabbit ears. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know it when you see it.
2: And he saw it. Eventually. <laughs> I think I found it. <laughs> well, yeah, because it almost hits him. <laughs> he just kind of falls his ass backwards yeah, into the First body. it went by behind him. <laughs> well,
4: went behind by behind what? him. they turned around and went by behind him again. <laughs> <laughs> then he just kind so of Then he just. I mean, he, that's, hits him in the face. That's where we we're leaning into the comedy a uh, a bit on a bit much, right. but it works because it's Otis,
2: and it works because Ned Beatty sells it. Yeah, I Ned Beatty you, you can. Put, I mean, he, he, he the amount of stuff lesser, that he made work in the first one. Yeah, yeah. It, you put it, a lesser actor there and it doesn't work.
4: Right. Them. Exactly.
2: Hmm. So um, at this point, I, we're either going to the falls or at the falls. I really didn't have any notes on the uh, on the hotel room tour. But
4: yeah, when the, they're at the. The, uh, the only thing was what I mentioned before the. Uh, the, the Smarmy the, uh, Bellhop. The Smarmy Bellhop, yeah. Because he, he opens the door. Uh, Would you like to carry Mrs. Smith <laughs> over the yeah, threshold?
2: <laughs> he's, he's not buying something, and he just throws the luggage down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah we, I think the so best get... part of that whole sequence, though, is the. At the very end, Clark sits on the bed, starts vibrating. He gets up and goes, it's alive. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is uh, priceless. And we, we get a little, when they're at the falls, we get a nice contrast between, I think, between optimistic Clark and jaded Lois. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We he's talking about how uh, happy everybody looks and uh, Lois is sending them straight to the
4: lawyers. <laughs> And at the very beginning of that sequence, I turned to my daughter and said, you want to see a really dumb kid? <laughs> Wait and, a few and minutes.
2: She to see minutes. And you want to see some bad parenting. Exactly.
4: Too. And as soon, you know, as soon as they show the parents, I said, yeah, and they're idiots.
2: Yeah, he's uh, he's on the other side of the thing, and she's, like, she's eating something. Looks like a bowl of Yeah, but
3: how many times has your kid said to you, Daddy, look, or, mm-hmm. and, and you're, like, sitting there trying to take care of something. You're like, oh, that's great. Yeah. And then you realize, yeah. oh crap, he's falling into the falls. Oh no, he's okay. He's just Yeah, except this is the kid that they just yelled at for getting yeah, for up on the railing. the railing. True, true.
4: <laughs> Keep an eye on him. Put the kid on a leash or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, because I think it was Clark who uh, who noticed him. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So right after this is where we get the first uh this is where the sequence starts of Lois trying of starting to put things together when she cleans his glasses and sees his face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, and that's
3: pretty hard to forget
4: yeah and th- that but works I, because I, it's it's not like the end of the first movie where it's like you know Clark wasn't around when he's on the other side of the country but right, Superman I, was I think, I,
2: I think you were on when we talked about that scene yeah yeah I mean, she doesn't and this is the same problem I have with Adonica with her throwing herself out of a window in the first scene of the movie the narrative ha- at mm-hmm. that point hadn't brought her enough to where she's thinking Clark might be Superman Right. It, this, but here it starts But she sees his face, after the rescue, she puts together that Clark and uh, Superman are not around at the same time, and the wheels are starting to turn.
4: Yeah, the fact that Superman just happened to be at Niagara Falls is a a lot more evidence than Clark not being where he shouldn't have been in the first place.
2: Right. I I believe more that she's got it all put together at this point in this movie than in what... The Donner cut present with her doing it in the first scene of the movie, throwing herself out of the Daily Planet building. But, well, let's uh, talk about the about the falls well, rescue. It's,
3: it's all definitely better than the gun, the gun scene in the. Um, I don't know if you saw the audition tapes.
4: I did. Yeah. yeah. And I they heard. had
3: it was what was it, what was that that actress's name that that was trying for Lois and she shoots him and got gotcha yeah but um, man I cannot remember it's Penelope it's not. Penelope Ann Miller. It's, uh... It might it might have was it? No, it wasn't Penelope Ann Miller. Uh, it yeah, was she. She, 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 she was, be, she was a Broadway actress that had played Lois on Broadway. Oh, and uh, no, not Leslie Ann Warren, was it? Yeah, I yeah, it's Leslie Ann Warren. Yeah, somebody
4: had an Ann in the middle the name.
3: Right. Yep. There you go. But as far right, now, the the saving of the kid though that is the longest fall. <laughs> ever i mean you know from the moment that the kid falls to the point where superman actually saves him he could have fallen in there seven times well that's that's well the, you know the, what the, it took the helicopter a long time to fall
4: too yeah. Well, well this is the typical comic book falling yeah, where right. you can have 20 speech balloons <laughs> on the way down and you know give the entire uh, dissertation and then oh you're saved
3: so and, th- and three quick shots of the polaroid camera Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know for certain, Product place. but I think
2: the rescue was shot by Donner. Because it seems to hit some of the same beats as the helicopter rescue. With, with, with the catch, with the pe- with the way that people watch him. Mm-hmm. The reaction the, It seems more like a Donner shoot than a Lester shoot.
4: Yeah. I, I can see that, yeah. yeah. Hmm.
2: But w- without knowing for sure, I don't know. <laughs> because they did shoot some of the... I don't know if they went back to Niagara Falls to, for Leicester. I know they did all the hotel stuff, but that, that could have been
4: done anyway. Yeah, that was on set. Uh, that, that,
2: could, that could have been just in the studio.
4: Yeah, they they might have just used the Donner footage from that, the actual Niagara Falls and gone from there. Because everything would have would have matched up the same way, if I remember right, just from what I read about it. Hmm. Now you're making me watch the Donner Cut just to compare.
3: I'm, I am uh, going to be
2: watching the Donner Cut tomorrow, I can tell you that now. Yeah, I, I watched it last night because i Recording with them with those guys tomorrow night. Ah, so okay, so this is when like, like we said, she notices uh, that he's gone and uh, and uh, they're they're not around together at the same time. Mm-hmm. So from there, we go to the fortress. And, and Superman was here. Superman, golly, he was, he
5: was, he was. <laughs>
2: no orange juice. <laughs> yeah. The orange juice gag throughout the whole movie uh, just kind of runs through it. Yeah. So. So what was next? next? Yeah. Next is uh Luther going to the fortress, which is really a lot
3: of an exposition dump. And, and of course, Miss Testmaker needing to take a dump. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, two days. Two, two days, days in a balloon. <laughs> Man, <laughs> what did they eat for two days? Or drink for that matter?
4: <laughs> Don't want to think about.
3: I'm sure she no. brought. I'm sure she brought a bag with water, Gatorade, or yeah. you know some protein bars, or who and, knows what they.
4: They had to land the balloon and get the snowmobile, so they probably ate there. So it's most likely it's two days that they were traveling over overland on on the snowmobile.
3: True, yeah. Sometime. sometime They couldn't couldn't have gotten from Metropolis to the North Pole in two days on a balloon.
4: No. No. (laughs) So they, they stopped at the truck stop. <laughs> 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 they got burger with everything, and used the restroom there, and they got on the snowmobile yeah. and left.
2: <laughs> and they find Superman's home, and you know.
4: The only thing that of note
2: that really happens is here we see Lara, Lara for the first time as uh, giving Eric expositional plot dump. Although we we really don't hear her giving it, she she doesn't introduce the villains. You know it, specifically, she does actually. Um, she does. Well, she starts talk. She starts talking about it, but that's where the scene
3: ends. Well, right. It, no, Luth. Uh, I mean, Luther starts talking over it, but the right. subtitles. When I was watching it today, she names them specifically as well as their crimes. And, cause you, you can hear Z- her talk about Zod yeah. as he starts his musing, and then the scene
2: then the scene cuts out to uh, to them to them leaving. I think.
4: Yeah. Now, what what I don't get with this whole thing is that hologram is supposedly interactive. Uh-huh. Is it? It's somewhat interactive with him when he says something, but then she goes into the next portion of the recording without him saying anything.
3: Right. It was a it was a, a recording of the initial yeah. like play, playback apparently. It's probably programmed to
2: respond to certain cues. Uh, cues mm-hmm. and then yeah.
3: kinda of go into its program from there.
4: Right. Yeah, but after that they're back on the snowmobile South, Miss Tessmacher.
2: South Miss Tessmacher, and then at some
3: point he, he throws her off an ice floe and she probably freezes to death. Is or the chair. diner in Canada or is it like Minnesota or Wisconsin?
4: I want to which, s- which diner the the one Clark goes to? Yeah, As- I want to say uh-huh. it's in Canada because I think it's it's a truck stop. They're the only people in a car there, so I want to say that's like where the the ice road truckers are eating. <laughs>
2: okay, <laughs> all right. A- apparently, it's within walking distance of the
4: fortress. Wow how how long of a walking distance?
2: Uh, a really long walking distance. <laughs> yeah, time. how they get out of the wa- out of the fortress is a very open question. Well, that's the car he
4: was building for Jimmy.
3: <laughs> yeah. oh, man.
4: Congratulations on those those of you listeners that get that reference.
3: <laughs> then
2: we get Lois throwing herself into into the ocean, not the ocean, the river. The,
3: the, the river. Yes. And Clark man. using his heat vision to loosen the the tree limb, and we're just and apparently heat vision
2: in this world is visible. Yes. Because he he looks both ways before he fires. Mm-hmm. I did notice that. He he looked before before he did it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And he did it through his lenses. Yes. Hmm. because at, Well, because at that time, at least according to the comics, the lenses were made from window rocket space. And you can't tell me that this is any worse than her throwing herself out of the Daily Planet window.
4: Well, at least this, she's not throwing herself down the falls. She's throwing herself into a river. Yeah. Right. And, it's, and it's into the current. Right. So it's uh, the possibility says that she could drown, but... She's There's also... a
3: possibility of her making it to shore.
4: Exactly. So the, the impact of throwing herself in is not going to kill her.
3: Right. And it, it of course, gives so many opportunities for Clark to be Clark. Right. Like, like where he's supposed to be there trying to help her and ends up getting falling in himself. Right. And needing her to pull <laughs> him to shore. Well, that's all part of it. That's all part of the act. Yeah. He couldn't have pulled that off, though, in the whole falling out the window. Right. No. So of course, the falling out the window bit makes me think of the the plop cartoon where Lois falls out the window. Clark has to jump out, and this Clark can't close to save her. Right. And Lois says, ha-ha, Clark. I only pretended to fall out the window because I thought you were Superman. And then you see Clark at his desk, and Morgan Edge walks in and goes, hey, Clark, where's Lois? Lois? Oh, she fell out the window. <laughs> <laughs> she stepped out.
4: <laughs> well, he took her to the uh, mountaintop retreat.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> That's Someone's where, gonna find uh, that someday soon.
2: <laughs> that, that, that's where she met uh, Connie and Ace from the st- who stole his costume. Right.
4: <laughs>
2: As they fell <laughs> off. The people the that
4: knew too much.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so this next bit though is a little bit silly with the uh, him tripping over the bearskin rug. Yeah, because this is very much. Uh, Chekhov's bearskin rug because they paid a lot of attention to it during the hotel tour.
4: She <laughs> yeah, even bets it with her foot. Okay,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> this, was, this was though Clark... And they
2: complains about it later in the scene. This is uh-huh.
3: though Clark, you know, basically Clark subconscious, doing everything possible for him to, to give up the goods there. I mean, yeah. he's not wearing Clark Kent clothes. He's wearing something actually pretty stylish. Mm-hmm. He's wearing he's, casual Clark Kent clothes. Yeah, and he's not doing his typical slouch for the most part he's standing up straight and all that and it's the whole thing you know it it wasn't intentional but it was his subconscious getting the better of him and uh, also the fact that
4: he's probably just he's so programmed now i must be clumsy yeah i must you know i can't go so long without tripping on something and he was looking at the brush at the time so he spatially he didn't know how close he was to the fire so it's, yeah, it's a combination of everything. He wa- Like Lois says, he wants to do this. He wants he's, to reveal himself.
2: Yeah. Right. And he, I believe that he does. Yeah. Because he almost does it in the first movie and then changes his mind. But I do wonder if on the way down and the glasses fall in the fire, if he's quickly changing his mind.
4: Yeah, it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: No, wait, no! I don't want to go through with this. I yeah. don't want to go through with this, and he and he tries to hide everything, and well, she will not be. Yeah, and the hand, the hands
4: in the fire already. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and he gives he he gives it up because he knows he has no choice. You can see the look. He kind of like kind of pounds his knee in frustration. As uh... yeah, all, all right, I give up. I'm caught.
1: You are Superman. Oh, Lois, come on! Don't be. Su- sorry. No, you don't have anything to be sorry about. I don't know why I did that. Maybe you wanted to. I don't think I did. Well, maybe you didn't want to with your mind, but maybe you wanted to with your heart. We'd better talk. I'm in love with you. We really better talk. I'm listening. We can't talk here. Perry's going to be calling about 6 to find out what's happening. What's happening? That's the understatement of the year. Where do you want to talk? Now that you know,
5: I think you should know it all. I want to.
1: Let's go to my place. Maybe I should change first. Maybe you should, too. Yeah,
3: I actually, it, it was something, you know, in this one also, I noticed in this one watching it um, as I did that, you know, a lot of Clark's mannerisms and things when I don't want to say when no one's looking, but when he is not just being Clark Kent is he cusses. He, you know, has little fits of anger. He, you know, there's there's things that, that he does that are not Superman like and not Clark Kent like, but he still does them if he knows he's not being watched.
4: It, it, it's almost like he's the Clark he was on the farm.
3: Right. Because, yes. Because he would
4: get mad there and do, you know, kick the football into outer space. The,
2: the <laughs> diner scene when he's powerless. Yes. Is probably mm. the most real Clark ever is. Right.
3: Yeah.
2: But we're at a little ahead of ourselves. <laughs> now, uh, I don't have a lot to say about the East Houston attack. The what? The attack in Idaho. They land in the water. The snake
3: bite. With Sheriff yeah. Pepper? Oh, no, the, the landing. Well, yeah. the um, yeah. I, I, I'm surprised that Kryptonians have never seen water before. Have you seen their planet? <laughs> this is true, but, I mean, do they well, not need water to survive there? But they probably
4: didn't see it as a lake, as yeah. just a big pool of water. It was maybe uh, they had uh, aquifers, or they had to somehow just create it using their technology.
2: And Non kind of reminds me... Of a toddler.
4: Essentially, yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, because he, he, he rips off the uh, the siren of the cop car, and mm-hmm. when he gives it to Zod, <laughs> it's like he wants approval.
3: He wants yeah. a pat on the head. And there's yeah. that little squeaky whine that he does, hmm? you know. Right. It's like and a it's dog pr- that just brought you something.
2: Right. And then there's how proud he is of himself when he finally gets his eat vision to
4: work. Yeah. Yeah. The the smile on his face when that happens is is just priceless.
2: My daughter gives it that look when she met it when after she figures out how to climb on something she's not supposed to.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's he's half toddler, half dog, really. Because Zod throws away the sawed-off shotgun that the sheriff's deputy has. Right. I don't understand that part. (laughs) And he so he goes he. Lifts it up and oh, you and wanted this, right? <laughs> and he fe- and he goes and he goes and fetches. Yeah, Like
2: you know what though? You throw something in the toddler goes and fetches it too. Yeah, true.
4: I haven't had a toddler in uh, quite a number of years, so I don't remember that quite that much.
3: Mm. <laughs> I got a tw- I got a twelve year old. He's still trying to impress me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, does he, does he still go fetch? Yeah. Um. Well, if you tell him a third time, yeah.
4: <laughs> get up off your butt and go get yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: Thanks, Gene. <laughs> My son listens to this now. I'm grounded.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we're all parents. We all understand. Yeah, yeah. we've all been
3: there.
2: Oh, while all this is going on, while the attack is going on in the, in the little town there...
3: Well, uh, I, I want to back up for just a second. Go uh, ahead. Cause we're talking about the snake and oh. Ursa. And the snake bites her hand, and of course she throws the snake down, she kisses her heat vision, but she's definitely showing that it caused her pain. Was it pain or was it just the shock of it? Yeah, I thought, it could could have been either one. Because the thing is, she threw it down, while she was doing the heat vision thing, if you watch, she's rubbing her hand. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like it was actually in pain. I mean, if it was just the shock of it, I don't think you know that there would have been that. I mean, it, it 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 would have been dismissed pretty quickly. But yeah. again, you know, it's it's one of those little things, and you, you you could say it's probably just the shock of it. You hope that that's the case there, because well, wow. I mean, I, I don't know that can hope that, but you know, it's just it was one of those things. That's and going, huh? That makes you go, huh? Yeah. So no. that being said, it, it's interesting though. She you know she figured out the heat vision pretty quick, but Zod figures out, you know. This is full telekinesis. Back to the matter, you know, when when the the deputy comes up with the gun, he heats it up so the guy has to let go of it, but he brings it to himself too. Right. And so what that if if you're of course uh, if you pay attention to this guy, what was his name, John Byrne, uh I've heard of that guy. In his description of Superman's powers, it is all based on some form of telekinetic manipulation. Heat vision is a simple telekinetic agitation of the molecules within his line of sight. And as he focuses it, he can he can agitate them more, they become hot. And that's what Zod did there with the gun. And again, since it was tele- telekinesis, he was able to summon it to him. Well, and they it, did have a few powers that uh, Superman doesn't have.
4: Or does he, Superman have them, but just doesn't know about them? Or right. Know how to or, use or does them. he use them. And, and and the thing is, he did use them later. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the teleportation...
3: Well, the everything. teleportation. I, yeah. I, I, again, I didn't look see the at that teleportation, teleportation. I wonder if he rigged something in the fortress. I just thought that was high speed. You know, super yeah. speed. You just stop at so many points, so many time, while you're doing your super speed thing. That's what makes it look like you're in more than one place at at, at the time. Mm. You have to imagine Superman is better at his powers than they are.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Because he's had more uh, time with them. But that's we're way ahead of it.
3: And he can play off his chest too. Yeah.
4: Well, <laughs> that's. <laughs> I, that, what, when we get there, but I yeah. think that, like Mike said, that's that was him setting stuff up. So it's yes. like, I'm, there's fortress technology we haven't seen. He's just, okay, I need something, and okay, that'll work, I'll put that here, I'll set this up for later, I'll uh, reverse the polarity on this.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, yeah, so he did a few things at the fortress, you know. And, and we're going to get to, obviously, we'll get to his retreat from the Metropolis battle
5: later. Mm-hmm.
3: Now, uh, Sheriff Pepper—is he Sheriff Pepper? Uh, he, he's only called the sheriff, right? But it's the same guy that plays Sheriff Pepper in the James Bond movies. Is he? Yes, he
4: uh, is. I, I thought that was the case. I just wasn't entirely sure.
3: Okay, Clifton, Clifton James—not only was he Sheriff Pepper in the in the Bond movies, Man with Golden Gun and Live and Let Die—he was also Carr in Cool Hand Luke. What we have here is a failure yeah. to communicate.
4: So the sheriff
3: moved north
4: from last time we saw
3: him. <laughs> yeah. And he uh, he passed away two years ago at the age of 96. That's, oh. a,
4: that's a long life. Yeah, and, good for him.
3: Yeah. I can only hope. And he was acting all the way up to 2006, too. No kidding. No kidding. He was even on All My Children and... Um, He was on something called "Raising Flag" and "Sunshine State." That's a that's a Zach Braff movie, isn't it? "Sunshine State." No, no idea. (laughs) No, it's just a different. That's Edie Falco and Angela Bassett. I never saw it. Mm. Oh, it's "Garden State." I was thinking of about New Jersey. Who wants to make anything about New Jersey? Kevin Smith. He's making yeah. something right now. <laughs> he's always making something about New Jersey. Yeah. You know, he's he's actually filming *Jane Silent Bob* reboot right now. That's they started sick. filming this week. Oh boy! Hey, let the guy have it. He had a heart attack yeah. this year. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the, and he got the best Stanley cameo done for him ever. Oh, cool! I'll have to
2: check that out. Do you have you guys played the Spider-Man game on PS4? No,
4: there's I've, a Stanley cameo okay. in there too. Okay, no.
2: Where were we? we? Oh, we were we talked about Sheriff Pepper and
3: yes yeah, <laughs> Sheriff Pepper <laughs> and, uh, got off.
2: <laughs> and, and basically the uh, the East Houston attack which mm. they picked on the smallest uh, town they could find population 123
4: is that right yep and like that. has just been raised by 3 <laughs> salute oh sorry
3: that was
4: <laughs> well it's i guess that was the closest geographic point to their trajectory coming in, and so that's yeah. that's what they conquered first. But they go wow. from there to conquering everything. Right. They go. Well,
2: they do go right from there too. They go right from there to Washington.
4: Yeah, because the general says, "I only answer to the president." Oh, then you will answer to me.
2: Right. And while this <laughs> right and right after, uh, is there no one here to challenge me? You see Clark. Mm-hmm. You see Superman uh, messing around with the uh, bottle of champagne. Yeah. After he gives uh, Lois the. Uh, the nickel and dime tour of the fortress and she
3: conveniently drops her purse on the green
2: crystal. Mm -hmm.
3: Now, do you think that that was to be kind of like, okay, his powers, you know, later his powers are taken. Do you think that was kind of like, well, it's not permanent because the green crystal wasn't where it should have been?
2: No, because I think they showed the green crystal there because the green crystal... Is what gets him his powers back. Obviously, they were showing us the green crystal because <laughs> when it
3: glows later on. But if it if, if, if it left. had been in the control panel when it all went boom boom boom, wouldn't it have been destroyed? Wouldn't that have been you know for sure? Okay, yes. he couldn't come back. So, but I not ha- all the control panel I mean, was destroyed. Right. True. True. So, true. True. But it it there's a point. I mean, again, it's like Chekhov's gun. You don't leave the crystal on the floor unless there's a reason to leave it on the floor. I mean, it's right. basically, is that simply to just show that Clark is so in love with Lois that he is disregarding this most important piece of his home. Well, or he's is so it, in
2: love with Lois that he's willing to turn his back on it all.
3: Yeah. He's willing to turn his back on the world. Right. Yeah. For Lois. Yeah. Is it just because he loves her or he's a, you know, 30 year old virgin? I think, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both.
4: Yeah. It's, I think his hormones are taking over at this point. Yes. Uh, so it he didn't sign so up to be a monk. No. But he he's ignoring everything else. It's just I need to be with her. Well, what about saving these no, her. Well, what what about putting your the fortress? No, her. Now. Which is kind of which is kind of to
2: do, you know, in the beginning of our of a relationship and mm-hmm. when you're, mm-hmm. you're that six you're week period, yeah. Right. Yeah. You nothing else matters to you. It, and that's he's got that tunnel vision that's all he sees. Right. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Right, right there with ya. And this time, he, well, in, in this version of the movie, he talks to his mother.
1: Your father and I try to anticipate your every question, Callel. This is the one we hoped you would not ask. But I have to, because she's everything I want in life. And she, the one you have chosen, she feels as much for you? Yes. Then if this is what you wish, if you intend to live your life with a mortal, You must live as a mortal. You must become one of them. This crystal chamber has harnessed the rays of the red sun of Krypton. Once exposed to these rays, all your great powers on Earth will disappear forever. But consider, once it is done, there is no return. You will become an ordinary man. You will feel like an ordinary man. You can be hurt like an ordinary man. Oh, my son, are you sure? I love her. I had wish we had seen
2: him talk to his mother before this, because it's him talking to his mom is kind of out of the blue.
3: Yeah, I
4: I would think that he would have had to have some interaction. The way the way it's set up is there are multiple Kryptonian recordings, maybe intelligences in the Fortress computer. So you would think in that twelve year span plus whatever has been since the the first movie, he's been back here. He's been talking. And learning even more, which is why he recognizes the name Zod. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it is clear that he had seen the crystal that Lex watched. Right,
3: and, and, and that brings up something else interesting. You know, the the fact the fact that the Kryptonian library contains the the, the Earth poetry trees. Mm-hmm. Um, does that say the Kryptonians have been watching Earth all this time and maybe have even have been to Earth?
4: Well, they at least knew about Einstein and Yeah, you will have been dead for many thousands of your years.
3: Uh-huh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, Don't, um, it's one of
2: those things you just can't think too much about because it falls apart. Right.
3: <laughs> true, true.
2: Because when you think about it, if you're watching a distant planet, you're not seeing them as they are now. You're seeing thousands of years ago. You're seeing, I mean, if you could watch another, another planet, you're watching... The light that is reaching your eyes. So if so, so planet is four hundred light years away. You're seeing that planet four hundred years ago. Right.
4: See, see the Squire of Gothos episode of Star Trek. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible that the green crystal was somehow absorbing information as it was sitting there while Clark was growing up, because it does it oh, does seem to interfere that. with the radio. In the first movie, yeah, when it calls to him, so it's possible that the poetry and everything, all that knowledge, was accumulated during the time that it was sitting in Smallville.
2: Yeah, but that was you know 1965ish. Could the radio station have been off the air at that point? Yeah, of the morning? yeah, yeah. So maybe all they were broadcasting was static. That's that's how I always read that scene.
3: That's possible. Yeah, or Clark just turned to uh, static so he could hear if anybody was trying to communicate, or he turned to static so he couldn't hear. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the, no, really good point. So, yeah, that's so he, uh, he focused on the one thing.
4: Yeah, so he could sleep. You know, there's there's <laughs> white noise. You know,
3: Did I
2: just mark you know, that? <laughs> you know, you know most, most people just play the sounds of a creek or something.
5: Yeah,
3: yeah, but that always makes me have to pee. <laughs> yeah,
2: there is there is that. My roommate in college used to used to do that, and it didn't last very long because I couldn't I couldn't deal with it. Lara kind of accepts his decision, where uh, there's some sadness on Lara's. Yes. You know, she's and, trying... By
3: contrast, in the Donna cut, Jarrell gets pissed. Oh! Oh, man. I, You know, I, I know I'm not talking on that one, but that glance at Lois... The look he gives Lois. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. You little heart. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. I know, I'm just uh, computer generated, but
2: damn.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, at, at this point, he gives up his powers. We get some kind of uh, animated uh, whatever the hell that's supposed to represent.
3: And, and if... If memory serves, some of the sequences in there were taken from the gauntlet scene that was... Yeah,
2: the uh, scene, the fire. Right. Uh-huh. The scene of, with the fire behind him. Yeah. yeah.
4: But I always took the the animation portion of it as it's tearing him down and building him back up as human. Yeah. Right. And Lois is
3: watching all of it. She couldn't say something. <laughs> she couldn't say, wait, the world needs you. Don't do this. Well, she had some hormones talking, too. Yeah. She
2: had some facial expressions that I think she wasn't wasn't completely okay with him doing
3: this. But from the moment from the moment that he grabbed her under the helicopter, all she has wanted mm. was him, and that's we're talking you know a couple of years at this point, and he's such a focus of that, and then to all of a sudden find out you no know, he does feel the same way. Right. Oh my. So it all happens.
2: He's now. They talk about how he gave it up, and they go to the hammock to consummate Clark's
3: bad decision. Mm-hmm. Or they just went to sleep because they were really, really tired, and they slept a long, long time.
4: Yes, but well, they and they couldn't sleep in their clothes. Yeah, they've been wearing them all day. But they didn't. <laughs>
3: yeah. This is
4: true. <laughs> they, they were all the clothes
2: were in the Fortress washing machine.
3: Yes, and, and the blankets were mylar.
4: Um... <laughs> That's a weird hammock bed, he had there though. Yeah. That's, that. Uh... I was looking at that as they were walking up to him. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. How does this work?
5: <laughs>
2: and who's going back to Niagara Falls to get their luggage? <laughs> that they presumably left behind. Yeah. Unless he folded all that up and put it in his cape.
3: Oh, yeah. That's probably what happened.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, uh, one thing I do like when he walks out, apparently uh, the uh, Molecule Chamber has a change of clothes in there for him, too.
4: And hairstyle.
2: And hairstyle, yes. Mm. I do like the uh, kind of the ghostly Superman that kind of fades away. Oh,
4: yeah, yeah.
3: that was so creepy. But yeah, there's no hair product, uh, apparently, for regular Clark Kent. Mm.
2: Right. (laughs) Not this time. Apparently, his hair product was a superpower. Yes. It's why his hair doesn't move when he's flying. Mm. All right, so now we we go from that to uh, the White House attack, which... Given how comedic this movie is regarded, this is a
3: brutal attack. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah especially with you know, with all the rocket— launch, uh, not rocket launchers, but bazookas—that are used. Um, in, in you, the, you think that a lot lighthouse. more people would have died in that room with those explosions? You know, all the shrapnel coming off of Nan or Zod is, is just as dangerous as what you know what's just exploding. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. That- uh, that was pretty harsh, Chris. Yeah, you know, we, we talked about what they did in, in the, the the other cuts where they show Zod actually pulling out the gun and shooting people, and uh, I miss that now. Yeah, you know, it's like I, I miss little bits and pieces like that, and I kind of look for it. Oh, that's oh, that's not this version. That's right. Right. Yeah, we I, I I always
2: wished Warner Brothers would make it would take the. They're limited the to cartoon make. vibe.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, like
4: a. What the heck would you call that? A blended cut or something? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I like to the, like to throw around the world ultimate. Yeah, yeah.
2: because we, cause when you when you look at both movies, the Donner versions in this movie are kind of incomplete because they're hacked to pieces. Right. Yeah. And if you look at the well, you haven't seen the Donner cut, Gene, but Mm-mm. they use just enough Lester stuff to make the movie work so they cut out a lot of it because i wonder if and i wonder if for that version they had they had to they could only use a certain amount of, of lester stuff before having to give him credit so
4: yeah yeah see that's that's where i i don't understand the whole director's guild rules for it yeah so it, that's, that's entirely possible that they, it's the same percentage going either way.
5: Right.
2: Because so, the Donner Cut ab- abbreviates the Lester material used, and this version abbreviates the Donner. Like, if you just kind of use the full version of what each director shot, you can get probably a two-and-a-half-hour movie out
3: of it. Mm-hmm. And why not do that? Why not create another cut that's going to bring you more money? I mean, that's why we got the, uh, that, that, that extended cut that we were talking about earlier. Right for the, and, uh, the original Superman movie.
2: I'd like to see them. I'd like to see them release the uh, TV cut of Superman too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. N- not 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 so
4: much the the, the uh, other two. Mm-hmm.
2: Definitely, I'd like to see the TV cut of this one officially released the way they did the first film.
4: They so might that, be working on it. You don't know. I mean, it took how long you to get the first One. Yeah. True. True. And from what I hear, the first one sold really well. Because you had everyone of our age looking back on and I said, Oh, yes, I want that.
3: Right. Yeah, I gotta run the movie trading company tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Only place that's gonna have what I'm looking for. I'm pretty sure.
2: Yeah, so I was, you know, so during the uh, East Idaho attack, uh, East Houston attack, the president is watching from behind, and I'm sitting. I don't know for some reason I was sitting there watching the movie. Why don't they show the president here? Then I realized, my dumbass, (laughs) if they show the president's face, the next the scene where Zod goes to the Oval Office doesn't work because then we then we would know that the decoy is not the president.
3: Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool scene.
2: it is, but Zod doesn't fall for this at all. No. <laughs> because this is probably something Zod would do if he were attacked. With him yeah. yeah. On Krypton. Right. Like, he would put, like, somebody out there to pose as him. Unless his arrogance wouldn't allow that, but it's a leader's usual.
4: His arrogance might lose out to his sense of self-preservation. That in, is true. In You know, because it's such an overwhelming force. Yeah, he take he he take the hit to his pride and just oh yeah, you lackey number three, go sit in that chair.
3: Well, you know, you, you bring up something interesting because when when he won at you know East Houston, he goes, I win, I always win. Mm-hmm. That's not true. He lost his first attempt. Snap the neck, caught you lost. Phantom Zone, but he kind of sidesteps those little things.
4: Right, because that that wasn't his fault. Right, that that was a trap jor set the trap right
3: so okay. yeah um yeah i think definitely he would use you know someone especially if the person coming in was killing everybody mm-hmm. he would definitely use a decoy
2: all right so, yeah so we go from and the president gives uh, his uh, speech about the one man who will never kneel before zod and that's obviously he's referring to superman
1: i'm the man they're protecting i'm the president i'll kneel before you if it will save lives it will Starting with your own. What I do now, I do for the sake of the people of the world. But there is one man here on earth who will never kneel before you. Who is this imbecile? Where is he? I wish I knew.
2: And that's kind of the first uh, hint uh, that Zod, uh, that there's somebody to challenge him out there. And Zod's uh, looking for a challenge.
3: we mm-hmm. see that later in the movie. So Yeah. So he's now taken over the U- United States and, in extension, the world. Right. But we, now we go to the diner. Mm-hmm. And
2: there is the most hilarious cameo as they drive up to the diner.
3: Donner, Right.
2: Donner. Donner is in this
5: movie.
2: <laughs> he's the guy with the pipe as, yeah. they, as they drive up. Richard Donner is in this movie.
3: Well, That's kind of, that's kind of like, what's his name, um, uh, Peter Jackson's cameo in the first um, Lord of the Rings movie, where he's the drunk walking in front of him, belching in front of the the hobbits as they get to the city of Bree. <laughs> yeah,
2: but you know what? With everything that went down in the, in the production of this movie, the fact that Donner is actually in it, I think it's the yeah. Maybe. I guess yeah, they just, that's they, great.
4: they they could not cut it out or it would ruin the scene. So they had to keep right. him in. And they didn't have to pay him because he didn't say anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. So
2: now we get Clark uh, getting his uh, ass beat in the diner, but not before he gives the, uh, the first uh, reading of Excuse me, sir, would you care to step outside?
5: Clark.
1: I said, excuse me, sir, would you care to step outside?
4: Yeah. <laughs> and the guy says, no, I'll beat your, your ass right here.
1: <laughs> I'll, yeah, oh, I'll
3: take cheap shots at you right here. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, it's funny. Um, I had read up on the, uh, the actor, and I'm trying to pull him up right now, and I think his name is Pepper um and from what i understand you know, yeah rocky, rocky. Pe- his name is pepper martin the actor that that, that beat up that beat up clark and uh, you know everybody said he is just the nicest guy and uh of course you know how many other people out there can sit there and say their job was to beat up superman
5: <laughs>
3: yeah and uh, so that's 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 cool I, I just think that that that's cool that he gets to you know be the one guy that really gets to beat up superman Mm-hmm.
2: For some reason, you always hear that about the guys playing the villain. <laughs> oh yeah, he's the nicest guy. off. <laughs> <about that>. yeah.
3: <laughs> true. True. I mean, he even looks a little bit like Huey Lewis.
2: A little bit, yeah. yeah. After uh, Clark is, you know, very shocked at the sight of blood. You know, what did he think was going to happen when he uh, got pushed through the glass? He'd
3: never seen his own blood though.
4: No. never yeah, no, once right. and he it, also wasn't thinking
3: that far ahead yeah but you know the thing is is that you you kind of like this side of clark you know mm-hmm. i mean not so much see would you care to step outside um but you know his reaction i like the second reading of that line a lot more yeah, yeah it, it, it's you know it, it, at first he just seems like the geek that's standing up for himself but then you know he's he's Pissed off, and he, being that he's powerless, he doesn't have to play act anymore. Right? Yeah, and I mean, you figure he thought, "I'm a big guy. I'm six four. I'm you know whatever. I can handle this." And of course, he 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 couldn't because the other guy doesn't play by his rules.
4: Right? He doesn't fight fair. Nope. Clark is he's still in the the Superman mindset. I must obey all these rules because well the the shackles have been taken off, but he still doesn't act that way.
3: Right. Okay, so now Clark has decided, you know, after they uh, turn on the TV and he all of a sudden gets back into Superman mode.
0: We interrupt this program for an urgent message from the President
1: of the United States. This is your President. On behalf of my country, and in the name of the other leaders of the world with whom I have today consulted, I hereby abdicate all authority and control over this planet to General Zod. Zod? Only by strict compliance with all his directions will the lives of innocent millions be spared. Superman, can you hear me? Superman, what? Who is this Superman? You'll find out, General, and when you do- Come to me, Superman, if you dare. I defy you! Come! Come and kneel before Zard! Zard! Here. When? When? Where the hell have you been, Mac? On a desert island. I have to go back. You can't go back. There's no way now. I have to. I've got to try, it! I've got to try something, anything. It's not your fault. You didn't know this was going to happen.
0: They knew.
3: I heard
5: him. I just didn't listen.
3: He decides she's going to go back to the fortress and Lois has to go back to Metropolis. She gets the car. Mm. Shouldn't she have like taken a bus and he got the car? I, I mean, well, maybe I might be bring... spitballing here. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> might, you might be. But how
2: <laughs> is there a bus where they are?
4: That—that's a thing.
2: They're trucks. <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah, but we we know that they don't pick up hitchhikers. True. <laughs> the she's not going to get on Rocky's truck. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it just might have been safer for her to drive herself rather than so, rely on them. what might be next to her in on the bus.
3: Which leads right. leads to the question: How long was the trip back to the pole? And how long, you know, was it from the time that he, he got his ass handed to him there to the time that he actually shows up in Metropolis? You know, and we're, 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 we get to be blissfully unaware of the passage of time.
4: Well, it's at uh, least three days for, by what Zod says in the <laughs> old office, uh, you know,
3: the day before and the day before that. Right, right. But uh... now, if you were all of a sudden ruler of a whole planet, would you want to just sit in the way? White House and do nothing. I want to take a tour. Yeah, yeah maybe he's done that already. Well, uh, no, uh, no. What you do is you have them parade the entire military in front of you, mm-hmm. and then you. Oh, oh wait, I'm going to shut up right now. <laughs> put put that secret plan away, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm talking about what I mean. I was reading in the in the news how how someone wanted that done recently. <laughs> and
5: <laughs>
3: anyway. <laughs> Well, anyway, the plan is already uh, kind of rolled over for him. So, yeah. but you know, the, the thing is, is that, is that as long as he is in power, and as long as you're not fighting against him, what's his real plan? I mean, he wants to rule, but what has to change? Do do they need to you know, redo the infrastructure? Do they need to to change anything, you know, taxes or anything? You're just not going to be having elections again, and that's fine by me.
2: Right? It's. Uh... I don't think, you know, Zod thought much about what he would do after he... No, he didn't. He, he's he the dog that caught know, the car. Right. <laughs> right. That was exactly. a big
4: car. <laughs> right.
2: He caught the car, you know. Not that I really want quote, to quote one of the Nolan movies, but he caught the car and he does, now he doesn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And we've seen from the, the attack in uh, Idaho is that... He desires a challenge. He wants to rule, but he wants to be challenged. And he's not getting a challenge because he doesn't really uh, brighten up until he hears that the son of jor is on this planet.
4: Right. Someone of equal power level. Yeah. Right. So
2: Zod is the kind of person that needs something in front of him. Right. If everything's behind him, he's bored. Because it doesn't really look like he's uh, clamping down on much because it seems like in Metropolis, life is going on as normal.
3: Right. Exactly. I mean, my my point is, is that life was going to go on as long as nobody was going to oppose Zod. Right. You know, they're enjoying his generous protection. Right. Now, now the the things that we know would have been that Nan probably would have just started going on a tear every now and then when he felt like it, knocking down buildings and, you know, whatever else you thought was fun. And Ursa, she is just all kinds of crazy in a bag there. Oh, yeah. Right. She was going to sit there and do stuff to children and who knows what. And so, I mean, yeah, this definitely needed to be opposed. But as far as Zod himself is concerned, if you know, you, you come in and you take over a planet that's already got government in all the different places, you're just basically going to appoint people governors of all those different spots, and then you're just going to tell them what to do. But he's not going to have any interest in gold or jewelry or any of the other things that come with that, he's got his own. You know, he just wanted to rule, and like right. you said, now that he's there, he doesn't know what to do. But if you he's don't oppose him, you don't create a challenge for him, and he would die of boredom. Mm-hmm. Am I thinking of this too much? Thinking? No, no. you're
2: you're you're right on. <laughs>
4: yes, yeah, no, that's that's exactly it. So
2: that, that's that, that's how I read it. He he's the master of all he surveys, and now what?
4: Yeah, until Luthor com- comes in, we don't know what he would do. We don't know how what. At what uh, point does his boredom get so bad that he just goes and throws a tantrum and starts destroying things? Right.
3: Now, well, the way Luther was able to get in there and everything, did that give you the idea that pretty much all government employees pretty much walked away from their posts? Oh, yeah. Said, I'm he's done. Dead. At least in or the White House. Dead, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: They're gone.
3: No one was appointed to, to handle our new rulers. <laughs> you know, keep them. <laughs> well, they're probably flattened somewhere under a door because they told Zod, "You know, you can't you can't ask for that." <laughs> Splat. Right. Uh, see, I would I would have liked to see day one and day two of Zod's rule. Right. Yeah, because day three was definitely downtime. <laughs> Day one and day two, apparently were
2: clearing house. Right. And by day three, he's bored, and that's when Luthor shows up, waving uh, the white handkerchief.
0: Hello there. Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. Possibly you've heard the name, the greatest uh, criminal mind on Earth.
1: I told you this was a puny planet. Wait
0: just a moment.
1: Wait... Get to know
0: me better, will you please?
1: Hey,
0: wait! Look, I, I, I can give you uh, anything you want. I, I can give you the brass ring, the uh, unlimited freedom to maim, kill, destroy. Plus, Lex Luthor's keen mind, Lex Luthor's savvy, Lex Luthor's career guidance,
1: Lex Luthor's school of better. We have all of this without you. You cannot bargain with what you don't have. Magnificent one.
0: What I am bargaining with is what you do not have—the son of Jarrell, the son of Jarrell, on this planet. Ah, uh, possibly you know him better by his nom de voyage or his name he
1: travels under—Superman. Ah. So this is Superman. How do you know of Jarrell? Oh, my fullness. As I explained to you before
0: about the best there is revenge we will kill the son of our jayla revenge revenge (laughs) now we're cooking huh he flies then constantly he has powers as we do certainly but uh oh magnificent one he is just one or you are three or four if you count him twice
1: we will bring him to his knees wait
0: First, you must find him. And Lex Baby is the only one who knows where he is.
1: What do you want?
0: Well, General, the world is a big place. Thank goodness, uh, My needs are small. Uh, As it turns out, I have this affinity for uh, beachfront property. What do you want? Australia.
3: Okay, so now, if you were Zod and someone like Luther came in, how quickly would you have killed him?
0: Well,
2: that's
4: just it. <laughs> he, he's Luther has something he wants. Well, even before that, or he, he thinks he does. Zod is so bored. Yeah, this is a distraction. Come
3: on, come on in. <laughs> talk. Yeah, talk. Hmm. But Luther, Luther was really—I mean, was he really that confident, or you think he was shaking in his boots?
2: Oh, I think he was shaking in his boots. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he's, he's disguising it with a lot of bluster, but he's always, if you watch his body language, he's always retreating.
4: Yeah, he's always going away from somebody until he ends up in the middle of all three of them.
2: Right. And then at some point, once he has them thinking that he can deliver Superman to them, he gets a little more confident and he's uh, standing a little bit taller. Yeah,
4: or sitting and smoking a cigar.
5: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Then he goes into the negotiator
4: mode.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
4: Australia,
2: yeah, with the
3: uh, tricky dicky signs. Yeah, mm.
2: not at all on the nose in 1980. No. <laughs> or actually, that was uh, probably filmed in 77, probably.
4: Yeah, that was filmed it's while true. they were doing the first one, so it was all all together.
2: Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, so, Which so eventually, eventually Clark gets back to the fortress, yells yells for Pop, and the Green Crystal wakes up, and that's all we see because Brando <laughs> is not was not. Br- they didn't want to pay Brando.
3: No. So sad. But he actually filmed the scenes. Yeah. Which the is... Scenes, he did. He I did. know. It, it he just, did it all
2: in that, what, 11 days that they had him? Mm-hmm.
4: He did all those scenes. Yeah. It's just like at every scene of the Fortress in the first two movies was filmed at the same time. Yeah. You know, all the Daily Planet scenes were filmed at the same time, except for you know the very end where they destroyed the set.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm. And so then... Is it after the after that? Is are we back at the Daily Planet when the three come in?
2: With yeah, Luther? that is when we get to the Metropolis battle, and they show up, and uh because somehow Lex knows to get to Superman through Lois. I'm not sure how he knows all this, but well, she spent the night with Superman. Well, that is true. Yeah. That is true.
4: And also, he he says, you know, he um. Was it? She provides all his publicity?
2: Yeah. yeah. So, okay, yeah, so there that. And he gives her every right,
4: exclusive. Yeah, there it is. That's, <laughs> the, that's the line I was thinking of. That's the it. line. Oh, <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. No, no. Apparently, the pink line must have made it into the story. <laughs>
5: pink. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Lois was awful confident that he'd come back, though.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, Lois doesn't want to sit there and tell them. The reason why he's not there in the first place, we had, no. had to get it on. And to <laughs> get it on, he had to put on a really, really, really powerful condom. <laughs> <laughs> and also, she
4: for the amount of time between the first movie and this movie, how many times has Superman come through? So she's thinking he's going to find a way to get his powers back and come. So she, she is... I don't think she's put on a show. I think she is completely confident he will show up.
2: But but right before he, when he says he has to go back, and I love this conversation with him in the diner where he, uh she says he can't. Mm. There's no way. She doesn't think there's a way. And I like that line about,
3: I have to try, damn it. I have to try.
2: Well, actually, no, it was before that. Clark?
1: Blood. It's my blood. Uh, I, think, I think maybe we ought to hire bodyguard from now on I don't want a bodyguard. I want the man I fell in love with. I know that, Lois. I wish you were here. Oh, yes.
2: Yeah. Because the man she fell in love with was not Powerless Clark. It was Superman in all of his Superman glory. Right. And I think at this point when they see on the TV that you know, Superman is needed, she realizes for the first time that she took that away mm-hmm. or that she caused that to be taken away. She didn't consciously do it. I think, and he did that without mentioning it. So he did that all on his own. And I think if he had tried to talk to her about, you know, giving up his powers for her, I wonder if she would have tried to talk him out of it.
3: Well, maybe she would have at least ask, do you get to keep the cape? <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> Apparently I, I think not I, because I, the cape, because the whole thing disappeared. Right. I, know. I think I think that was the biggest source of disappointment there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: Especially after she realized what Terry Hatcher got to do with that kid. <laughs>
3: oh man!
2: So what do we think about them attacking the planet?
3: The, okay, I, I, I'll, I'll say this just because it it it's, it is the weakest of any of the attack scenes. Mm. Right. Uh, you, you know, like non stumbling over filing cabinets and and all that. It just it was it was weak. Yeah. And so this was all yeah. all, all Lester, wasn't it? Oh no no no! Because no. this is Donner. This, it is this is, And so it, it was the one scene that just kind of, they had kept the illusion of their power and everything, for the most part, pretty good. Right here, it kind of knocked the sheen off of it a little bit. Even as a, kid, a little kid, I was like, why is he having such a hard time getting through there?
4: Yeah, I, I can see what they were going for, mm-hmm. but it would have made more sense if Luthor came in through the door after the three of them had floated up to the window and bust it through the window. Yeah. 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 Just because they're trying to do a show of force, Mm -hmm. but flying up the side of the building and kicking in the window from outside is a lot more powerful than the overgrown toddler just busting through everything as like, I'm going to knock out this concrete pillar and then fumble with the file cabinet. Right. Mm. Well,
2: maybe next time Jack O'Halloran will look where he's going.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but they can only do it once.
2: <laughs> because because if you think about what would have happened there, like, Non probably just would have walked through and stepped, and the file cabinet would have crumbled underneath him. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jack O'Halloran does not have that kind of strength in reality. Mm-hmm. So.
3: No, and, and and that's, I mean, it, it was the, the realities of filming this scene. Right. You know, that... that caused it to to look that way I mean there's a million ways it could have been done but for whatever reason they decided to go go this particular way and it just kind of mildly hurt hurt it but I, I you know it, again it wasn't anything that ruined the movie right I think they I think they did it
2: this way because they wanted to have that shot of the glass falling
3: in front of Perry which right.
4: was a, an amazing shot yes yes but the scene also explains why Lois has an office in this movie because the set was destroyed so they had to figure something out for Lester to do. So they built a, built her an office.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. So we okay. So we have all this. Luthor shows up and Perry takes a bit of a beating. Yeah. I mean, uh, he, he, gets, he gets knocked out by
4: the drop in ceiling. <laughs> yeah. And and then Lois drops him on his head a couple of times. Yeah. So.
3: yeah. There's that.
4: And once and, more, it's time for Luthor to get killed again.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He, I I should have counted how many times Zod uh, ordered Luthors death. At least three or four,
3: mm. maybe more than. That. Oh, three or four. Okay. <laughs> Probably more than that. Sorry, I got to think for Pete Puma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no things. I'll do it myself. <laughs> I'm the little fellow's mother. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love that cartoon. <laughs> that, that's one of my all-time favorites. So next, of course, is Superman coming, right? The 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 yeah, You know
2: what, Lester, I,
3: Lester knows how to build up Superman's entrance as
2: well. Mm-hmm. From you know the music slowly builds. You see you see the papers flying off the
3: uh, off the newsstand, mm-hmm. and then that perfect pose
1: and the perfect line. General, would you care to step outside? Superman.
0: Superman, thank God. I mean, get him. Come to me, son of Jor-el.
2: Kneel before Zod. Yeah, right there. That has got to be one of my top two Superman moments. Oh yes. What? What's number one? I don't know. <laughs> probably, the, probably the helicopter. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I actually, actually don't know what's number one. Sometimes I think it's this. Sometimes I think it's the
3: helicopter. I, I don't know. Well, you know, the thing is. um, And I've heard Scott Gardner say this a couple of times, and I'm full agreement of him, is that the effects work for any of the super feats in Superman 3 are uh, not not the ending, mind you, but all the other stuff, the Smallville scenes and everything they did there – uh, it, the the fight against the, the 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 evil Superman and all that. Superman uh, three has my favorite sequence in the whole series. Yeah, but I mean the thing is the special care, effects sorry. guys were seasoned. They had they had it all down, and they made some really really good effects work. And so some of the best Superman visuals were actually in Superman three, even though it's sadly one of the weaker films. So I you know I can I can fully you know if you're sitting there saying there's a scene in 3 that you're going to say is your favorite one I I wouldn't have any problem with that.
5: Right.
3: But then again Superman returns that whole sequence with the shuttle and the, yeah. and the and the jet. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but that is the single greatest Superman rescue scene ever done. Oh, th- that is. I don't. I don't dispute that. And I mean, of course, the whole thing was a love letter to Richard Donner. So I mean, it, it, you know, it get it beyond all the other problems with Superman Returns, it still has that scene, and yes. it make it's it's so just so so watchable. Uh, the thing is, you couldn't do that scene back then. Time, yeah, at no. At this point, no, no. You're right. You're right. And the things that we did get, the um, like, you know, the gauntlet from the uh, the first one that we, we 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 had to wait to see it. Right. But still, I mean, I remember seeing just Superman walking down as all the bullets are hitting him mm. in the gauntlet. And then, of course, the flamethrower and the ice and and all that. And that was just like my still my favorite scene, my favorite moment in all of that is just a few moments before when he's spinning down yeah. into the ground when he stops there tells everybody to stand back, and he, he just starts to spin. That is my single favorite moment in the first Superman movie. In Superman 2, my favorite moment is this one right here where he's standing oh, yeah. there. <laughs> General, this movie definitely. General. Would you, would you care to step outside? She just give me goosebumps every single time. And, yeah. it's not, and while that line is great, it's not just that. And then it's the
2: reactions afterwards. Right. When, when Lois looks up Superman, and then Luthor's getting up to Simon.
3: I mean... <laughs> get
2: him i mean the whole the whole sequence that that whole that whole sequence you know that is my favorite sequence in this movie that whole yeah would you care to step outside and i hate that it's not in the donner cut because it's a lester thing
3: so now i think what was that so now you have the battle we have the battle the battle of metropolis i mean this is the first battle of broadway yeah but it's the first superhero battle in this city that we've ever got to see and you know, as it being the first time, it didn't disappoint. No, it didn't. I mean, what what was, you know, when you're sitting there watching it the first time in the theater, and, you know, they come out through the wall, and they start flying around, uh, you know, you, now you look at it, and you see, like, the three of them flying. It looks like little crystal sticks rather than right. people on wires. Yeah. And back then, I didn't notice that. I, I, I honestly... The the first couple times I saw it, when I was sitting there thinking about the movie later, I'm thinking I'm I've seen them doing all the flying around and everything, and so to me it worked so well on the big screen, and you know there wasn't there weren't those moments that take you out of movie in in that battle. You know, again, this is back in 1980. There wasn't anything that in the battle that took me out of the movie.
2: There's also nothing like this in 1980.
3: Right? Exactly. We hadn't had it before, and it, 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 as far as you know, all, the comic book aspect of it, they were able to do it. They were able to do it without getting the audience to roll their eyes, and and, and so the, they did a remarkable job in putting this together at, in, back in that day and age. I mean, we're talking 39 years ago now, and I mean, I roll my, I did roll my eyes a couple
2: of times. <laughs> what? You what? I, I rolled my eyes a couple of times with uh, Zod's trouble with product placement.
3: Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there, there. I mean, and the bus it magically turns sideways and straight and sideways and straight. Right. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's things like that. But what I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about the scope of the battle that we got to see and the fact that you're, you're looking at superheroes fighting supervillains on screen. Right. I mean, the only thing that we'd ever gotten before that was Biff, Bam, Pow. Right. Yeah, right. and it wasn't...
4: And it was really a long time before we saw this again. And even... Yeah. And this, because it it's all practical stuff. Either miniatures, or on, you know, wires, on whatever. Wires. Yeah, it's... They're it, fighting on wires. They're all... It, but it's all there. It's all solid. It's you insane. believe You yes.
3: believed that a man could punch...
4: <laughs> that man could get thrown into a Marlboro truck. Yeah. Coca cola billboard. Coca-Cola, the bill Coca-Cola sign. That's the one right there. Um, yeah. And one of the first things when we we're watching this, my daughter pipes up and says, They have KFC <laughs> <laughs> And the
3: and the customers forgot their change or their receipt or something.
4: They forgot their change. That's why the, the lady got blown away too.
3: Okay, so so you know, you have the the opening sequence where he gets what kicked off into the wall. Yeah, and then he comes back. non grabs him, and Ursa comes up with a baseball bat. I, I say baseball bat, but you know, and it's he, a he ducks up, ducks out of the way. You say baseball bat, because the guy said, "Wow, home run!" Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you know, you 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 had the you know these these really cool things, and then Zod cutting the one thing down with his uh, heat vision, throwing at Superman, him using the heat the, his own heat vision to blow it up. And I, I may have gotten right, things the, moved uh, around a little bit, building there. but right. I mean, the thing is, is that it, it moved. There was a there was a rhythm and tempo to it that kept things going. And you know, not and Ursa, of course, were the combatants. Right. Zod wasn't the combatant, and when he finally jumps jumps in to be a combatant, he winds up being his own liability.
4: Yeah, he gets his heat vision reflected right back at him, which yeah, was right. not fun.
3: No, <laughs> no. And then and then he gets thrown. You know, of course thrown into the, uh, well, kicked out of the Marlboro truck, mm. and it's spun around and thrown into the Coca-Cola sign. Right, Superman and,
2: Superman gets thrown into the Marlboro truck.
3: You know, not, that, not when The thing is, yeah, Superman gets thrown into the Marlboro truck. Zod comes after him, and Superman kicks him down on the ground. He's right, right. so and unprepared then... that Soup's able to knock him down to the floor, then pick him up and spin him around and throw him. And I love that sequence where you see Zod's body spinning right into the Coke sign. Because however they did that, I mean, it was just a really cool effect, mm-hmm. the way that they did that. Because it looked like there was a body actually spinning and full, full, you know, th- going into it. And, I mean, you know, it's just, that, but that was the point where you realize that Zod's never actually had to fight anybody <laughs> and him <Right>. before.
4: <laughs> no. no, especially not someone that knows how to use his powers.
3: Right. So, I mean, you know, again, all that was handled really well. Just when they, once they threw the bus, the rhythm stopped. Well, because Superman wasn't in it anymore. Yeah, well, after they threw after they threw the bus, the battle stopped. Yeah. Now, what did you think though when when several people are going Superman's dead? The guy's looking in there and he goes, "He's dead. Superman's yeah. dead." <laughs> and you go, "What? How can Superman be dead?" Yeah. <laughs> what are- well, I think we know
4: better. There's no reason why they should, mm-hmm. right? That scene was interesting because my reaction today watching it is they're all ganging up, picking up stuff to go attack the Kryptonians. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to do any good. And Kira pipes up and says, I was waiting for an 80s flash mob to show up. (laughs) Kira pipes up and says, well, at least they're doing something. Which you can't argue with the kid's logic, you know. Yeah, they are doing something; they're not running away. So okay. Uh, which is what I'd be doing. Yeah. Oh yeah. like wait, these guys just beat up Superman. Bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but nope, they're like, let's go get them, and here they come. Yeah. And and then we get the wind machine turned on. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Even and, even as a kid, I thought that went on way too long.
2: Oh, it went way too. You know? Yeah. Absolutely, I can,
4: I can see it. You know them doing it, blowing everyone back. Fine, but okay. By the time you get to the guy in roller skates, n- enough already. <laughs> Take a breath. <laughs> well, isn't well?
2: Aren't we before the? uh, Is that before or after the guy in the phone booth?
4: That's after uh-huh. the the roller skate guy is one of the last things you know going through. Because the guy in the phone booth was a little much as well. Yeah, where he didn't even yeah. notice they was on his side. Whatever, whatever
2: that person said to him was must have been really, really funny. That's the that's the killer yeah, joke for
3: Monty did, Python. Yeah, that he didn't notice he got blown over. Mm. The, the killer joke: the my dog has no nose. Really, how does he smell?
4: Awful. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! But I, I like I did like the, uh, the the man and the woman though. You know, my hair, your hair, what about my hair? Yeah. <laughs> Well, fortunately, I think that was toward the beginning, yeah. so we weren't tired of the whole thing yet. Yeah, that was one of the first ones, but yeah, it's blow them back. They give up. You, you know, Superman comes up, runs away. You go after him. So yeah, because but it was just it was they turned way too hard into the comedy in that in that bit. It
2: was in that bit, yeah. It, it was overdone. There. Mm-hmm. And of course, everybody's assuming uh, you know this seemed like a very uh, something you see in Marvel comics a lot. When as soon as Superman flies away. Oh, yeah, when, you know it's like it's like whenever the Fantastic Four get beaten in, in an early comic, mm. oh what bums!
3: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, the this, two it, little boys. though. he didn't even do anything. Let's
2: go! Come
4: out on, of man! Here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Let's go. There's nothing else to see here. Oh, well, they're, they're, they're the New York sports fans. You know? so, yeah, it's like oh yeah, you know, you're you're our hero today, but you screw up once and ah, oh, you bum, get out of here. Yeah, you know, what have you done for me lately? Uh-huh. Because, of course, you know,
2: and Zod should be smarter than this because he com- Superman comes up onto the bus. He knows he can't win here.
5: Right.
2: And he knows he has to get this battle out of here. And I'm guessing that maybe he knows Lex was at the Fortress because he is assuming that they're going to follow him.
4: Then. Yeah. So unless he's assuming that Lois would tell them where the Fortress is somehow. Which it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's the only other option I can think. Unless
2: you would think you would think they'd have had to uh, discuss that beforehand.
4: Yeah, but they they did not have time at they
2: all. They did not no
4: super ventriloquism. Yeah,
2: <laughs> maybe he maybe he called them while before he left the fortress. Mm. That's how she knew he'd be there. Yeah. Oh,
5: well, where
1: else
3: would he have gone?
2: So they show up, and then, so now they go back to the office to uh, Zod to
4: beat his chest for a few minutes, mm. <laughs> and then Luthor takes him down a
3: peg.
1: Our victory is complete. The son of Jor-El has fled. Superman fled? I don't believe you. The next time we will kill him. The next time?
0: The next time? What am I going to do with you people, huh? I held up my hand, I delivered to the blue boy. What do I get from my triple threat? Bow, yield, kneel. That kind of stuff closes out of town. Why do you say this to me? When you know I will kill you for it. Kill me? Lex Luthor. Extinguish the greatest criminal flame of our age. Eradicate the only man on earth with- Kill him! Superman's address. Come.
1: The three of us will crush the son of our jailer. Why not increase his handicap? Since he cares so much for these earth creatures. Let us take his favorite. I think they 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 did that
3: a little too much. You know, just a, the, the the threatening was just a little too much. They could have just gone to the fortress at that point with Luther with Luther and Lois. Well, they had to get
2: Luther. I guess the script had to get Luther to a point where he was sending them to the fortress. Right.
3: True. 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 Whew. Think you got any uh, airline miles there for
2: that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Air Zod is, uh, <laughs> is providing the transportation uh, on this flight. And
4: I want to know how they decided who was carrying who. Because I would have put Luthor with Non and Lois with Ursa. Not not the other way around. <laughs> well, Zod
2: sure as hell wasn't carrying anybody. Right. right.
4: That, that's what he has them for. But why is, why is Ursa carrying Luthor? I mean...
3: I, I think uh, I think that Lois objected to letting Ursa carry her. Do you, why? You think Zod would care? Mm. <laughs> no, I, I think she just went
4: to none and instead mm. of you know, or non grabbed her. True. True. Like, ooh, pretty.
2: You would you would think that even logistically for production purposes, it would be easier to uh, stick Margot Kidder onto Sarah Douglas than uh, yeah,
4: Gene Hackman or whoever that was, because I that was all from the back, so I I don't think that yeah, so yeah that that was definitely wasn't uh, Gene, Gene Hackman, Heckman, yeah. Well, either
2: way, they get they get their uh, transportation to uh, the fortress,
3: and here we get some really interesting stuff, mm.
4: some weird stuff. Yeah, but you know, like we were saying before, Superman has been there for how long? Preparing. You yeah, know? he's been preparing, and I and I do like his opening line too.
1: I expect better manners from my guests, odd.
3: Yeah, I do like that. Well, that, I mean, that's that's the beauty of of Christopher Reeve right. that. You know, I mean, number one, he let the costume do so much of the acting, and and that's what that's what's required for a role like that. But when he had to sit there and throw out the lines, he threw them out perfectly. And I'll bet right. you that that was a that was a Mankiewicz uh, line right there. I don't think so. You don't think so? I think that was shot by
2: Lester because if that was a Mankiewicz, if that was, it could have been a Mankiewicz line. Right, they could have just kept yeah. that from the Mankiewicz script, but Lester shot that. Yes, because if if Donner shot that, it would have been in the Donner. Yeah.
4: yeah. I don't know. I thought I think Donner shot pretty much uh, all that sequence because if
2: the fortress scene in the Donner cut is completely different,
4: is it? Yeah. the The main thing that clues me into it is how Margot Kidder looks. She's got the long hair, and she's you know, she's not anorexic in there here. There's some traces
2: of the of the of Donner left in this scene, mm-hmm. but maybe maybe there, less. There, just there's a little added. bit. There's a lot of art. There's a lot of arguing uh-huh. in the Donner cut.
4: Oh. Okay. and
2: the lines are delivered differently and you kind of go straight to uh, the molecule chamber. you know I'll, there's none of this nonsense that we're gonna see right here.
4: Mm. Okay
2: Nope yeah because here we go to the cellophane s. We go to uh, the thing they do with their fingers. Yeah got a little bit of a Lex doing whatever the hell Lex is doing it to, to kind of remind us that he's still in the scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. One small offset step for man. <laughs> oh, that was later. Yeah, other later. One. That was right around this time. It's all kind of intercut with this, and then just the kind of the <laughs>
4: whatever that is when he's falling oh, down. Uh, oh, because he went his head. <laughs> he yeah, he made this mis- mistake of going down head first. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that was, but there, but it was there. Mm. Yeah. So we get two holographic Supermans. One. What? solid ice or crystal superman that was the cool. real one right.
3: yeah but that was that was really cool because every time i saw that i kept looking at it, trying to figure out how they do that mm-hmm. yeah i'm trying to figure out how superman did this i mean
2: yeah the disappearing could possibly be could it's probably super speed Right. Yeah. Yes. They can move fast enough to appear invisible, but yep. maybe there was some kind of holographic rig in the Fortress or something that's been set up to make because he's the only one who appears in multiple places.
4: Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm thinking he he salvaged whatever he could from the the holographic projector and just was able to create this uh, these images.
3: Well, right. remember he says to
4: Lois, who used to play this game at school. Never was very good at it. Good at what? That that line never
3: made any sense to me. That line does not. But they they played disappearing in school. I guess he tried it with his hide and seek. Mm. You know, he and Pete Ross and Lana. Yeah. Maybe he's trying to play pranks on Brad. Trying <laughs> to make Brad disappear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that
2: that line, I, I had never had an idea what he was talking about. Mm. But it does kind of throw Zod off because he got the drop on him. Because mm-hmm. because the real Superman was behind Zod. Right. <laughs> and it was kind of funny because Zod is kind of feeling his way and then he his throat gets an armful of
3: Superman's forearm and then we get the sting. yep surprised he didn't touch the side of his nose <laughs> that leaves Non and Ur- Ursa playing wishbone with Lois so you know Soup and Lex you know of course they threaten to kill Lex again yeah they do and Lex and Soups are talking and Lex tries to double cross
0: guys Claude. Promises were made, gifts exchanged. I, I gotta hand it to you, you know. You always told the truth. The guy always knew where he stood with you.
1: Hmm. Try to get them all into this molecule chamber. Huh? It takes away their powers, see? Huh? And turns them into ordinary human beings. Hmm. Now, if you could... Don't
0: go in there, General, it's a trap. at you poisonous snake! That's a molecule chamber. It makes people like you into people like me.
1: You've done well, Lex Luthor.
2: My favorite thing is that Superman is one step ahead of everybody.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: You know, Superman has to think his way out of this. He can't win this physically. You know, everyone says Superman's a big brawler. Watch this
4: film. Yeah, he set all this up. He rewired the crystal chamber and he predicted what Lex was going to do to make that trap work.
3: Right. He was the only one truly thinking ahead. Yeah. And right. you know what this th- you know what the thing is? Is that this is the exact opposite of every other comic book story or movie. It is always the villains that are the master planners, always the villains that have sat there and thought about every contingency and everything, and it's always the hero that only gets to react to what's going on. And yet what you have here is Superman in doing what he's doing, laying the groundwork for the next, what, 40 years of Batman comics? <laughs> where Batman, you know, can, with enough preparation and time, can hmm. figure out how to beat anybody. Yeah. And that's right. what Superman did he, right He, he leaves right
2: the battle in, that he, in which he can't win, mm-hmm. and he moves the battle to a place where he can, to where he can... Uh, he can rig the
3: battlefield in his favor. The only other hero that does like that on a regular basis is Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man typically will go get his ass handed to him by one villain or another. He loses confidence, and he goes home and cooks up his new web fluid that's going to you know, do whatever. And then he goes back and fights the villain and beats him because he's prepared for it. Mm-hmm. But you don't typically see that. You Typically, it's just the heroes reacting to what the villains are doing. Right. So
2: And no, they kind of react... They he kind of has them chasing him him around, right? And it works in his favor. Well done, they well done. But they <laughs> yeah. do come off with of, the villains come off a little dumb. They do uh, absolutely he, when he goes into the chamber and the red... you know, one he one he's faking being in pain because he looks like he's taking a crap.
5: Yeah, <laughs> With the way he's
2: pushing on the way he's pushing on the chamber, but the whole outside turns red. Mm-hmm. Luthor looks around. He knows something is wrong, right? Because he's looking. He sees the redness around them, and he kind of
4: looks around like, "What's going on?" You would think Lois should have too, because well, she m- might have noticed it and just kept quiet. Yeah, this isn't what happened last time. Yeah, yeah, but she had no looking. She really didn't have a look of confusion on her face. Yeah. Are they
3: going to make them wear polyester
2: slacks too? Heaven. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <It's- laughs> The 70s open shirt.
2: <laughs> you know, Zod was, stand, was standing there.
4: And you would think they would have felt something happening, too.
2: Yeah, and they don't. We, we saw what Superman went through.
3: Mm-hmm. They're just standing there. Uh, well, like, like like you said, you know, the, 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 the what it did before, it looked like it tore him down and built him back up to, right. to live on Earth as one of them. It didn't do that for them. It just took their powers away. Yeah, they weren't as strong, as fast as, you know, powerful, whatever. But it didn't have to sit there and just completely make him human.
4: He basically right. turned it into gold kryptonite. Yes. Yeah, basically. Exactly. Hmm.
3: Even Nan kind of kind of looked looked confused. He, he did. Kryptonite. He did. He was
2: looking at
4: oh, red light. <laughs>
2: ah. Yeah, what's going on here? <laughs> but Non always looks confused. Yeah. So. Yeah. True. But one thing about Nan, I want to go back to it. I forgot this in the in the in the Metropolis battle. Superman traps him in the uh, in the spire. Right. right. How did he get out without knocking that thing down again?
3: He did. He had to. Well, so, no, that's, it? That's, that's not actually true, because if you look did at the way— Did he fall down that woman's baby again? Well, I mean, the thing is, yeah, he he caged him, but the, the parts that caged none were not, not actually parts of the support itself. They were just strips of metal that were in there. So if he just bent those off of himself to get out, he didn't have to make this whole structure fall. But that, uh, that will be him thinking about it. Most sure. likely, yeah. he would
4: have just punched it off of himself. Yeah,
3: he's more of a wild animal than anything. It just it depends more how how well Superman rooted the four main posts. Right, I'm, I'm thinking about this too much, aren't I? Yeah, well that that's what this yeah. is what we do. I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> this, this
4: scene was where Superman comes out of the crystal chamber. Yeah, was and is one of the the best uses of the Superman music.
5: Oh,
1: absolutely. And now, finally, <laughs> take my hand and swear eternal loyalty to
4: Sartre. But it was great watching my daughter watch the movie because she was upset. She was upset that he got his... Because she's never seen this. She's never seen three or four either. But she was upset that he lost his powers and had to kneel down. Then the music, you know, the crunch and the music starts as well. That's the first cue, the crunch in his hand. The the smile on her face. (laughs) And she
0: jumped up and said, yes!
3: He got him. Let, Let me ask you this, though. Um, the way that, that Superman behaves as he walks out the chamber and he's he's making that uh, yeah. sound with every step. And Well, he's, he's selling it. I know, he's selling it. But it, did you ever use that particular method to sell the fact that you're sick? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Definitely. laughs> I, I, I don't think there's a person in the world that hasn't thought of that when they're going, uh, I have to be sick.
4: Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't go to school today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, that that
2: call out to work. I you know, can't make it today. <laughs> but no. And then the, then the bones
4: start crunching. Yep. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it was. It's just great. Every time he lifts them up one armed, like, yes, yeah. so he did it. <laughs> yeah.
3: And then he throws them into and the – And the way
2: Zod just kind of crawls up. Mm-hmm. And Superman just tosses them like he's uh, throwing out the trash,
3: which he is. I, th- yes. I think what all that points to is that while Zod throws off this big thing that he is this great general, powerful general, he's basically Doctor Smith. He leads from the from back. Boston space. All he, the way. He, yeah, yes. he's, he's oh the pain, the pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he definitely curled up into a little ball, <laughs> got the egg crush there. And um, then, of course, and, and it was the most anticlimactic point of it, though, Nan just jumping and falling in. You know, there wasn't – yeah, there, there wasn't any – Superman didn't have to do anything. He was stupid enough to take himself out. Yeah, but it took me a lo- as a kid a long time to figure out what Nan was trying to do. Oh, yeah. He was trying to fly.
4: Yes, he thought he could still then, fly. Yeah. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> nope. No, I can't. Now, down,
2: from what I understand, down what, into the into the great powdery nothing.
3: Yeah. From what I understand, during one of the takes, um, I got this from IMDb. Uh, Margot Kidder accidentally punched Sarah Douglas and knocked her unconscious. Ooh. During one of the takes when they were doing the punch. That's a take they use? I, they don't say. I don't, I don't and I'm know. like, oh, I want to see that take. <laughs> but um, the other way, I mean, it, it's I, that's that's one of the, the, the funnier uh, things in that, even though, I mean, I'm sure that probably hurt a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we saw Margot Kidder years and years after that. That's someone you didn't want to mess with. No. Now, I understand that, you know, Christopher Reeve himself, he didn't get along with either Sarah Douglas or Jack O'Halloran. Not um, they didn't get along on set.
2: And, oh. you know, there are people... I know he didn't get along with Jack O'Hallon. Yeah.
3: But they didn't say, you know, anything beyond that. Now, is that because Christopher Reeve is so method? Probably.
4: It's probably just his... He was so in character. That's why Margot Kidder would mess with him all the time. Yeah. During the first one. Just, yeah. You well know. no, she would mess with yeah, him. Yeah, that's what I mean. She... she would. Because he was so method, he, she wanted to break him out of it said hey lighten up so it was probably the same thing except they didn't have the relationship with reeve that kidder did
3: right well
2: i think I, th- I, th- I think thought christopher reeve was was full of himself yeah uh, yeah that's I, what he, I had
3: heard O'H- he O'Halloran had said that yeah more than one occasion but christopher reeve's juilliard roommate got revenge on him somehow from what i understand do you know who his roommate was at juilliard it was robin williams. Yep. robin williams yeah <laughs> I don't know what he did. <laughs> There's a story I would love to hear. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna have to research that to see what actually happened. But, uh, no, Robin Williams... But, you know, I,
2: I, think a lot, I think a lot of it, though, though was, you know,
3: O'Halloran
2: and uh, Sarah Douglas were a little bit older, and here was this uh, young kid on his first big job.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get, oh, you know, getting in this movie, second billing.
3: Right. But, I mean, the thing is, is that, and, and I don't know how, if they realized it when they were filming it, uh, you know, up to this point, this, this movie, and and, and I still think of it as one movie mm. that they're filming Superman one and two together is the, at this point, biggest movie ever made. It was the most expensive movie up to that point. So yeah. I mean, you can sit there and say Ten Commandments or, or, or Gone with the Wind, but this is really up to that point the biggest movie ever made, and this is the star. And I know that you know Sarah Douglas and Jackal Howard probably established a little bit you know more at that point, but that doesn't mean you say I, I don't know. He's playing the the, the title role. I, I I'm not I'm not gonna to rock that boat. Yeah. But again. You know, actors, actresses, everybody's. There's egos, there's money, there's so many yeah. different things that can sit there and and make you feel a particular way,
5: right? Mm-hmm.
3: And then there's just the personalities too. So whew, I, you know, it, it. We talk have talked so many times about learning how the sausage is made, and I keep finding I don't necessarily want to know how the sausage <laughs> right. is made, and yet I'm always ingrained to find out and in, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of cases. And I of course I use as my my good example big, big big example Sean Penn. Because you know they, there was even a time when Sean Penn was considered for Superman. Can you imagine that? Everyone was considered for everybody Superman. was for yeah. yeah, <laughs> Reynolds, you know. But um you know, the thing is there's so many things that have happened over the years that I can't watch Sean Penn in a movie and enjoy it. He just he because of who he is the only thing I can watch is Fast Times. But uh, like I watched Carlito's way, I didn't even know he was in it. And so I enjoyed it until I realized, oh, that's Sean Penn. I mean, it was like the end of the movie when my wife told me that was Sean Penn. and I'm like, you're kidding me. Why'd you ruin this for me? Because <laughs> he is a good actor. There's no doubt on that. There's no, 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 no debating that. Just can't stand him. Ugh. Anyway... So they yeah of course they, uh, we talked earlier on the on whether or not he killed them or not. I'm still saying he didn't kill them because Superman does not kill at I this agree.
4: point. Uh, even as a kid first time I saw it, I thought that was a portal to the phantom Zone
3: and that is perfectly valid yeah, or
4: I mean because you have to remember the play sets I grew up with, right mm-hmm. Hall of Justice from the superpowers trapdoor into a cage. yes Castle Gray skull. Trapdoor into a cage. <laughs> there's all these bases. There's always a trap. There's door. always a trap door. It's always so the villain is taken care of at the end. So that's exactly what this was. It's just the cage happened to be the Phantom Zone.
3: Mm-hmm. That works. Yeah, I like that. I do too. I like that. Okay. So, and then Luther, of course, tries to weasel his way out. Mm. You couldn't say it any better than that.
4: <laughs> and, but he doesn't weasel his way out. No,
3: oh, he's stuck yeah. there. And then that's and they really you know kind of left that in the open. Now, did did Luther give up his, give his whole boxing spiel? And I don't think he did. Not he no, just no. he said just just listen to me. And I think that's pretty much where they cut it off, right?
2: Yeah, and then he, he's kind of talking, and uh, Luther is talking as kind of that scene fades out.
3: Right as the as it, Lois it and Superman are flying away. Right, maybe went to the Phantom Zone.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> went back to prison. There's the rock quarry with his name on it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's
3: right. And Lenny, uh, <laughs> who's now Lex. So, next is all these sad, lovey-dovey, sad, sad. Yeah, they they break up because
2: mm-hmm. he can't have he can't have his uh, cake. His pa- he can't have his cake and eat it too, which I don't understand because if you have cake, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> You're
3: not going to look at it <laughs> for display. I only. have never <laughs> had cake and not eaten it. <laughs> Night patrol night patrol <laughs> have any of you ever seen the movie night patrol no. no it's um it was a vehicle for the unknown comic back in the 80s and they did so many superman jokes there was a character in her her name was sue Perman, oh, last oh. name P-E-R-M-A-N. Uh, and um ugh. of course the, the boss keeps saying i don't need any this crap tonight and that was always making her weak whenever he would say that and then the, the other great gag was um, there were two women trying to go out with him. One's name was Kate. The other one's name is Edith. And the psychiatrist that he's talking to, he's talking to about both these women. He goes, I'm sure you'll get your Kate and Edith too. <laughs> and one person in the audience, I, I, I swear, one person in our audience goes, Oh ha ha! And the the psychiatrist just looks, looks out like he's looking over the audience. He goes, "Oh ha ha!" Yourself. Right. Wow. Yeah, but uh, that's I, I. don't know why I go on about that. That's the only scene in that entire movie. But uh, what? Back to this scene. Back to this movie. What, what? What I
4: like about this movie though is it's not Clark is not saying we can't be together. Lois is saying I can't do the doctor's wife or the policeman's wife bit. So it's coming from her saying, I can't do this. I can't know you're in danger and you know not be able to talk to you about it in, in the office.
2: Oh you're you're talking about the next day the next day at the yeah. planet. Okay.
4: Hi.
5: Hi.
1: I just sleep, all right? No, I didn't close my eyes all night. Hello, hello, I understand. Please. I understand. I sat up all night listening to the voices of reason. Do you know how vile it is to hear the first bird of the morning singing when you've been sitting up all night crying? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. I guess it's, a uh, sort of like being married to a doctor, you know? The doctor gets waking in the middle of the night and then the wife has to cope with the fact that he's gone. I guess I'm just too selfish.
5: No, no, you're not selfish at all.
1: Yes, I am selfish when it comes to you. I am selfish. And I'm jealous of the whole world. Lois, it may not be easy for you to hear this now, but... Someday you'll Clark. Look, don't tell me that I'll meet somebody. You're kinda tough act to follow, you know. Now I'm gonna be fine. You don't have to worry about me. I like worrying about you. Would you stop? Don't you know that this is killing me? Do you know what it's like to have you come in here every morning and not be able to talk to you, not be able to show I have any feelings for you, not be able to tell anyone that I know who you are? I don't even know what to call you.
4: you love me. The lovey-dovey stuff, isn't that what we were on?
3: <laughs> well, he probably thought the the flying away sequence too, because you know there's the little bits of conversation that's going on. The you know like I'm gonna you know like the missing flying. Oh, well, I can always take you flying. You know. Right. She's well, already. I she's already. She, knows made up she her also no.
2: They've broken up already. Hold yeah, on. Because Hold... she knows he can't be Superman and be with her. Okay. Be- well. Because of on. daddy's rules.
4: Hold on. We're talking about the theatrical version, right? Yeah, because yes. the movie I watched tonight went from flying away from the fortress to the Daily Planet. Yeah, but no, okay. there was no conversation in the flight.
2: No, but you have to do a little bit of math here. Well, yeah, because she saw what what he had to give up to be with her.
3: No, mm-hmm. no,
4: but um, yeah, and
3: the thing is, it's Superman again. Right. She knows he can't have she can't have him now. But, yeah. uh, Gene, I think I think you're right. I think my mind threw that scene in there, but it wasn't in there. It is in the Donner cut. It yeah, is in the Darker, but it's not in this one. It's
2: not in this one. And, and, right.
3: and I think I threw it in there, and so it's like, oh, crap. I'm uh. well, The looks they give to each other before he flies off. Yeah, Tell that
2: story.
4: Well, yeah, but she's, it's the way I've always interpreted it, is he wants to try and make it work somehow, but she's telling him, no, with what I know, I cannot do this. I can't watch you go into danger and not be able to talk, uh, not be able to, to do what the Lois in the '90s comics was able to do, right?
2: She can't handle the knowledge that Clark is super,
4: right? Which is why the kiss, right. which is another power we didn't know he had,
3: yeah. But isn't isn't her reasoning the in the thing, comics once? Isn't yeah. her reasoning on the whole thing kind of backwards? Because I mean, let's you know look look everything side, you know as <laughs> it is. Superman truly can't be hurt. In, in, in most situations, there we know that not physically. He, he's not he's not going to run into three more Kryptonian villains again like he did here. She doesn't, doesn't know that. She doesn't know that. <laughs> well, I mean, this is so <laughs> unlikely. Yeah. But but the the point of it is is that as long as he is in love with her, his focus is her. her. And I mean, in in, in modern storytelling, is you know the the a, anything after the Dark Knight Returns came out it, it gave comic book writers openly to be able to write stories where superman wasn't quite so super mm. uh you know mark wade comes up with the kingdom come where superman is lacking confidence that he is going the right way that that you know he is not as super so much super as he is man um uh, other stories you know uh, Part of the problem with so many writers today is they say they can't write a good Superman story. That's because they don't know how to write Superman. They don't know how to write someone that is actually a good guy. But with this and and, and the, uh, I guess, Injustice, Gods Among Us is probably the best example of it. (laughs) King to Come also had it. And this is what I think Zack Snyder was working his way up to with his Superman and whatever the eventual storyline he was going to have after Justice League was that Lois – getting killed would be the thing that turned Superman into that totalitarian ruler mm. the the bad guy that would make Superman the bad guy because she was his tie to humanity. This Lois now she does I don't know that she sees that. But that should be what she sees, that, that his love for her ties him too much to her instead of the rest of the world, so much so that he was willing to give away his powers. He not so much that he was willing. He did. Yeah. And look what happened. Right. Exactly. I mean, it doesn't mean that, you know, he's going to give up his powers for her again. But what happens, though, if he can't save her from something, you know, what happens if, uh, you know, by his actions and going over to save thousands of Chinese people from a dam breaking or something else, Lois dies? And he marries Maxwell. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and kiss her on Lois's grave but That's I don't it. even think she's thinking that far ahead I think she's thinking no, about that he gave it all up, up for me and, and she knows what almost happened because of that so I don't think it? she can handle that knowledge of what ultimately his love for her nearly, nearly cost everybody mm. she can't handle the idea that she might put him in that through no fault of her own that she could possibly put him in that position again I don't think she can
3: handle that or but wants to I mean, handle that. But that's right. not what she's saying, though. No, no. And, and that's the, that's that. that and what you're saying there is the reason why she should give him up. But that's not the reasons that she's putting out there.
4: So the question is, then, is what she's saying what she feels? Or is that what she's saying in order to make him not feel guilty? You know, is she's thinking that everything you're you're saying that oh he'd be focused on me I can't have him do that so she said well I can't handle this so get out
3: all that is destroyed by the don't tell me I'll Mm -hmm. find someone right Right. yeah
4: well that's that's where the honesty comes in because Uh she's at that point she is just this close to bawling with you know the tears streaming down her face and everything and it was at this point that my daughter looked up to see him kiss her and said I looked up at the wrong moment (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> is this a Donner scene or a Lester scene? No, this this is a Lester yeah. scene.
4: Anything Mankiewicz hated this. Anything in, in the uh, the in Lois's office. office is a less is a Lester scene. Okay, so there's the the mind wipe kiss, which I don't. Is that him doing it, or is
3: that some type of technology doing it? Okay, I, I you know the thing is, is a couple years ago he the I was I was reading an an old issue of Superman back in the days when Carrie Bates was writing and Kurt Swann was doing the art and Lois and Clark had gotten on some cruise ship for, for something. And so there's a sequence where they're out by the pool on the ship and there's Clark in a little swimsuit blue with red trim. Of course, of course. And, he doesn't have any kind of build. You know, he doesn't have the Superman muscles or build. And I'm like, wait a minute, what is up with this? And so I actually posted it out on the Two True Freaks uh, feed about this because I was like, how is Superman doing this? And I think J. David Weider and Michael Bailey and several others talked about in issue whatever that Superman revealed he's got the power of super hy- hypnosis
4: Oh, that yeah, the one where he um, he looks different to the people in the nightly news right. because he's unconsciously making himself look older and you know, yeah, less hair, etc. Yeah,
3: right. So yeah, I mean, there, there is background for super hypnosis.
4: Okay, so the kiss okay. was just a way of him delivering it, mm-hmm. more or less. Yes.
3: Get really weird if you have to hypnotize Jimmy.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because just before he delivers the kiss, he actually has his right hand on her neck, just like a Vulcan neck pinch.
5: He's just not <laughs> <had> a
3: finger. <laughs> <laughs> i these things as a up to that.
4: <laughs> so my question has been recently, as I've thought more about the if he's wiping everything regarding his identity from her, that means that they went all the way back to before Niagara Falls to mm-hmm. when she was in her office at the beginning of the movie.
3: Yeah. How
4: is that going to screw her up? Because she's the only person in the world that doesn't know about the Kryptonian criminals.
3: Yeah. What's happening in the world, she says. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she gets a look for it. She does. I mean, again, you know, Superman 4 shows that whatever he did didn't work. A hundred percent. Well, no,
2: I don't think it's that. I think it shows that once he reveals himself again, it all all comes back.
4: Right. He undoes the hypnotism.
2: He undoes it by revealing his identity. Once she learns his identity
3: again, she remembers everything. Mm. Well, that and then, of course, the kid. But that's years later.
4: (laughs) Which... I know you're not going to get to this for quite a while, Mike, but if the premise is that this one time is what got Lois pregnant for Superman Returns, he was human at that point. He had been genetically altered to be human. Hmm. How does the kid have any powers?
2: I'm going to throw you a curveball right mm-hmm. here. In the Donner Cut, he is not human yet when that happens. Aha. that's right. That's right. God, God. In the diner the Cut, hell? they have sex before he goes into the chamber.
4: And obviously, she is not a woman of tissue. No, she is okay.
2: not. Okay. But I will also say this. In my mind, I consider Superman Returns to be a different universe. Okay. Where the events of Superman 1 and 2 happened.
4: Some, somewhat.
2: <laughs> somehow, in similar form. Because, in my mind, you still have to have a universe where Superman 3 and 4 happened. Right. But it, so. if,
3: in, in the Superman Returns universe, he would have had to have been 20 years old when he revealed himself to the world. And Lois would have had to have been... 21 when she got her pulitzer Mm. because they're both like 25 in superman return and
4: yeah and he would have had to have been said i know krypton exploded. i've evidence krypton exploded but you say it might still be there see ya i'm gone yeah (laughs) i don't like it sorry but that's years
3: before i have to worry about that
4: (laughs) yeah that's for another show
3: (laughs) yeah well down the line so uh, superman uh gives the White House the the flag in the dome. Well, first, first he has oh. to give Rocky his comeuppance.
4: Oh yes. my gosh, oh, I forgot yeah. about that. It's been working out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean... Which, as
2: much as Rocky deserves it and so we all enjoy it, this is super bullying at its best. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but,
3: you know what, we all enjoy it. Did, I mean, we you like you think to of, it? um, was it A Fistful of Dollars with the, uh, cast iron plate? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that's, that's immediately what I thought of when, uh, when Rocky went for that, because you all, you almost hear that same kind of tang mm-hmm. when he hits him. But uh, obviously, both fights were filmed
2: the same day because everybody's wearing the exact same clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Clark changed to what he
3: was wearing that day yep. <laughs> to go ahead, to go exact his revenge. And of course, the woman took the money shows who wears the pants in that family
4: uh-huh <laughs> right and did he get lois's burger there too uh, i don't think he got a burger there
3: no he just said he'd never seen garbage eating garbage before
4: right well because we don't see
2: him leave no yeah, we, we do, do? He, well he walks right out. okay up, and, and the guys watch him and then we right. cut right the music swells okay. we cut right to him returning the flag okay which i love this ending
4: oh
1: yes yeah good afternoon mr president sorry i've been away so long I won't let you down again.
3: And then, of course, now the that last bit of him coming up—that's from the first movie, though, isn't it? What uh, flying over the earth? Yeah, Is that the I first
2: think they—I think it's from the first movie, and it, that's never refilmed. Yeah, right. I think they just use that in all
3: uh, four films from the first movie. Hmm. And our, wait, we're at the end. We're Is at that the end. We're at the end. That's the end. It's over. Oh my gosh! It took us longer than the movie was to go over it. Well, well, because <laughs> look back, think
2: of how long it took us to do the first quarter of the first film. Yes, this is true. Any all those episode, all those episodes were about two hours.
4: Yeah, any quarter of the first film, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, all those episodes were two hours. Amazing. So this is this is actually this is what I did with Andy because we were on a time
4: crunch. This is actually exceedingly quick for covering the movie by comparison. Yeah, pretty much.
3: But I tell you, I had a lot of fun. I do. Yes. But you know, I tell you, Gene, I, I I don't think I've that you you and I have done what two different shows together all right now, right? This one and then the Fantastic Four. What that what the F four? Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I remember in both cases laughing an awful lot. And I appreciate that. <laughs> right. and i, I'm I'm, I, I mean, Mike and I get to laugh a lot when we talk about Walking Dead. Right. But I get uh, to laugh a lot listening to you talk about the Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that being one of our seven listeners. That's great. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, you, you know you have a guaranteed listener. I listen to every
3: single show on the network. Well, we have a responsibility. I mean, David Pascarella, he listens to us rather than actually watching the show.
4: Yeah, I, I have never seen an episode of The Walking Dead. I've read one Walking Dead comic and hated it.
2: <laughs> I've always thought just for just for one episode one of us should just not watch the show and just kind of
4: wing it. <laughs> <laughs> just listen to Scott's synopsis and go off of that. Yeah yeah I'm, it might actually be more enjoyable for you.
3: No no I mean obviously you're gonna do the Donner cut with the other guys and then when you go to Superman 3, there's only one real cut of that, right? There's a TV version which adds very little yeah it does have an edo tool, <laughs> and, but you?
4: it also has the scariest moment in any Superman film ever.
3: Well, yeah, that too. What's which? What? Are you, which are you talking about?
4: Where the sister gets absorbed? Any scene <laughs> with Annie Ross. Yeah.
2: Oh. And when she Yeah, when she turns into the robot.
4: Yeah, that uh, it frightened the hell out of me as a kid. I hmm. kept watching the stupid movie over and over. But
2: so, before we wrap this up, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? Let's we'll start with Brian.
3: Oh, I, I obviously. I- that can be found at, at Third Degree Burn on the Two True Freaks Network and the Fear to Walking Dead cast also on the Two True Freaks Network um, that's really it for right now but uh, you never know what else is going to happen uh, Chris Tyler actually uh, and I have been talking about doing a uh, commentary on Con Air the Nicolas Cage, John Cusack uh, movie oh. of the 90s of the Turner film, because we that both be have a we have a secret love for that film you know that's a, that's a great movie. Mm.
2: All right, Gene, where can they find you?
3: Well, the uh, easiest place to find me will be
4: every Thursday at TheHammerStrikes.com. That's my weekly blog where I just go over whatever happens to pop into my head that's geek-related. Uh, somewhere else you can find me. Podcasting-wise, uh, right now all my two true freak shows are on hiatus due to life but i do have a monthly show coming out the class 1000 live action marvel superheroes role playing game podcast and that one you can just just search for class 1000 f a s e r i p face rip and uh, that's the old marvel uh, acronym for the the ability scores and it's basically the monthly game that we were playing, I was running it and we just said what the heck, let's record it and put it out as a podcast. So, Wow. Uh, yeah, it's not safe for work. And <laughs> on. Well, yeah, that on. <laughs> and probably not safe to listen to around anyone that you actually want to respect you afterwards. <laughs> but we have fun doing it and you might have fun listening to it.
2: Alright, next time I'll be joined by Dario Gonzalez and Patrick Delmore and we're going to discuss the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2. In the meantime feedback is always welcome manascreen at gmail.com If you want to join the conversation over the Facebook group, just put Man Screen Podcast in your search feed and the show should come up. you also find the show on Twitter at Manascreencast. So until next time folks, we're all on the same team. Bye. The Man of Screen podcast is produced by Mike Zemo, and all the opinions expressed on the show are those of Mike Zemo and his guests and no one else. All music and sound clips used on the show are for review purposes only, and no copyright infringement is intended. All music and sound clips are copyrighted by original copyright owners. The Man of Screen is a member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, and can be found at www.twotruefreaks.com. Emails of this show can be sent to manofscreen at gmail.com. And you can also leave the show or review on iTunes.
5: That will help others find the show. Thank you for listening to the Man and Screen podcast.